Right, and we are live. Good evening, hello, everybody, and welcome to Forever Rugby on Forever Sports. First of all, it's good to be back. Um, I am, first of all, back in South Africa and back on the fan forum. Um, the guys are going to be holding down the fort. Um, so Dan's been on a couple in the last couple of weeks. And uh, welcome to a very special ep episode because I am joined by Mr. Dan Skoltz, as usual. But I'm also joined um, by the Lions Rugby Head of Medical, uh, Pamela Watts. So first of all, Dan, how are you doing? Very, very good. Really excited about the conversation. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and then, and then, Pamela. First of all, just thank you so much for, for giving us time. Um, you know, it's, it's so, so, so yeah. exciting to be able to get somebody, especially as a Lions fan, to be able to get somebody out of the Lions and and to get some more insight. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, we're also very casual fans. So any sort of insight we can get on what actually happens behind the scenes is 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 fantastic. So thank you for giving up of your of your Thursday evening. And uh, yeah, really looking forward You're to welcome. to hearing what's going on. Um, so before we get into before before we start to, to um, I wouldn't say grilling, but but asking Pamela exactly what's happening behind the scenes and what will be happening in the box squad and and what sort of the the, the sort of the roles within the sort of the medical staff and stuff, um, it'll be a miss of me to not reflect a little bit about last weekend and um, the fact that in two days' time we've got a Springbok semi final and. Um, Dan, just very quickly before we sort of get into into this weekend, just you know try and sum up the emotions of last weekend. Oh, it, uh, there was a, an energy deficit Monday and Tuesday this week. You know, we really kicked into it on Wednesday just because every game was just emotionally, I felt emotionally drained by the end of it. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, in many ways, I was I was glad that the Springboks played. Well, glad, but even even more wasted because the Springboks played last, made for a long Sunday evening, but Jeepers couldn't have been more happy. Um, just an incredible um display of what rugby you know at the highest level can be and i was just hoping when watching it that like someone who's never watched rugby before was watching mm. those matches because that would convince them now they are hooked you know if they see any of those games you know just the emotion shown and the quality it was incredible and then, uh, I mean, Pam, it must have been a very interesting environment being in, in the Lions setup, coming, arriving on Monday and getting the week going. Uh, first of all, where, where did you watch personally? Uh, and and what's, what's the vibe like been in camp on the Monday? I mean, it must, it must really get the guys going, watching something like that. And, and especially given that such a young squad of people dreaming to kind of be there in the future. Yeah, I think, well, I watched it at home with my family, which was a flippant roller coaster ride, a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Um, and couldn't get to sleep, obviously, after all of that. So I woke up Monday morning and was absolutely exhausted. Um, and I think most of the squad was also exhausted <laughs> because um, that, I think the training session on Monday was a, a little bit uh, all over the show, a little bit flat, actually. I think they were still trying to get uh, past the fact that most of them didn't sleep. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, no, the talk was very positive and very excited and... Um, yeah, very, very motivating, actually. Very motivating for us coming into the to the URC start this weekend. Yeah, well, I can't wait to be celebrating a Lions quarterfinal win and a semifinal and, and thing at the, at the end of the next few months. Um, so, Pamela, before yeah. we sort of get into into exactly, you know, some of the, some of the recovery and some of the stuff that, that we really want to sort of get to know, can you just sort of give us a bit of an outline of your time with the Lions and sort of where it started and, and sort of how you ended up um, now in the position you're in? Um, yeah, thanks. I um, I started in 2015. I'd actually gone there to shadow for a master's degree that I had started in, I think, 2010. So I, I had gained a little bit of experience there. So I started with the under-19s. 
um, and at the same time doing the long-term um, return to play players um, in the Super Rugby squad. Um, and then, yeah, moved up up from there into the under-21s, um, from under-21s up to Super Sport Challenge. And then um, in 2020, um, took over from a, a very great physio that um, started his own practice uh, in, yeah, at, at, the, at the level of USC. Well, actually, it was still super rugby in a sense, but then um, COVID hit. Um, so then, then we converted from Super Rugby to the URC, and then that was 2020, and then um, Head of Medical uh, became an option in July this year. So that has been um, quite interesting and quite challenging, but also um, very exciting. Um, it's it's a, a lot of admin that I didn't think imagine, was, yeah. was possible, um, um, a lot of uh, managing, um, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of communication. A lot of communicating going on there, but still doing the physio side as well. So I still will be pitch side with the URC, with the chief medical officer on the other side. So we work really closely together, the two of us. Hmm. That's been um, that's been my journey there. Okay, so so the head of medical, can you sort of give us a bit of a breakdown? What does what does a typical I and mean, what does the Lions, for example, medical staff look like overall? So we have quite an extensive medical staff actually, all the way down um, from uh, the massage therapists all the way through bios, uh, physios, um, strength and conditioning coaches, um, doctors, um, and chief and the chief medical doctor as well. Um, so it's managing um, the the medical center in, in essence. So myself and the chief medical officer work uh, closely together with the um, the lead or the head uh, strength and conditioning coaches and uh, all the strength and conditioning coach as well. And we work as a holistic team to get a player back onto the field as soon as we possibly can. Um, and ensuring that they stay on the field for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, and, and uh, we, we all work together. I mean, the massage therapists play a really important role for us, especially in an injured player, soft tissue um, massage, um, you know, getting the tissues quite pliable, um, and then we work up from there. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, how, how, how big is that team? Because obviously, as you say, there's... So we have... Yeah, sorry. So we have um, three permanent massage therapists. Um, they, they come on the daily. Then we have an, a service agreement a massage therapist that we call on if we need. So that's three plus one. Then we've got four physios. We've got um, a lead junior physio and a, and a junior team's physio. Then we have myself and another senior physio. So that's four of us. Then we have three strength and conditioning coaches, lead strength and conditioning coach, and then um, a senior strength and conditioning coach, and then a strength and conditioning coach for the junior level. Sorry, and then just, have, just, just to clarify, yeah. so you, my senior and junior, so they're like for junior teams and then senior teams, hey? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So when I mean senior, yeah. I mean the URC, and when I mean junior, I mean the under-21s, yeah. under-19s. Yeah, understand, yeah. And yes, yeah. And then we have chief medical officer um, with the URC team, and then a, um, a sports physician for the um, under-21s and the Curry Cup. And, and, you so are, and you are overseeing um, all of this for, for essentially the Lions Rugby Union, correct? Yeah, we, I work on the same band level as the Chief Medical Officer and the Strength and Conditioning Coach. So we sort of make sort of decisions together, the three yeah. of us, um, and then work through the... Oh, sorry, and then we have two bios. Sorry, I forgot about the biokineticists. We have two bios that come in um, every day. And um, so we, I oversee them in the, in the medical center with the massage therapists and the physios. 
yeah. as someone who actually did an undergrad in biokinesis, please don't forget about us. Sorry. <laughs> I'll apologize <laughs> no, I'm tomorrow. Um, but I'm interested, th that type of um, setup, is that typical for all clubs? And does that get any bigger or smaller per, per different unions or at a national level? Um, or is it typically a very um, kind of, um, you know, replicated framework? Yeah, I think in South Africa it's quite a replicated framework. It's just the size that matters, or the size that differs, sorry. Um, you usually have your strength and conditioning coach, your physios, your doctors, and your bios um, with your massage therapists. Um, overseas, they, I think the structure is a little bit bigger. However, they don't have the bios. The physios and the strength and conditioning coaches uh, work quite closely together. And as I understand it, they don't always have a permanent doctor on site um, like, like, like we do in, in, in South Africa. Most of us have a uh, the permanent doctor on site um they will have uh, doctors that come uh, in on a, maybe on a, a daily basis or, or or when needed or they they call the panya but i think it's the size here that differs i think the the top premier um clubs have the the more robust structure and the the smaller unions um usually have um at least one physio um and then they may then go and send the the well, I do some of them. I know that they send off to a buyer off off campus or or the or the doctor down the road that come in, yeah, yeah. Which I think is quite difficult. I think it's I'm I'm very privileged to be working around a holistic team with so many people, yeah. which is is actually really really nice. But having one individual, I think, this can be quite difficult for someone. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's been nice to sort of bounce ideas across from everybody and have all these different sort of perspectives because obviously a buyers will look at something compared to a physio as compared to strength and conditioning and stuff it's all sort of definitely, nice brain definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah 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 i listen we also have our arguments you have to, <laughs> Imagine, you have to yeah. have your arguments <laughs> it makes for a um, very interesting day <laughs> and, yeah and maybe and, 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 and you've got pressures coming from all those different directions now you mm. now you're integrating the the actual player who who it is and the coach and you know the match that's happening this weekend and you know, yes, if something something that you know happens all of that. again, the, the buck stops at, at you to have made the correct decision. So, uh, I mean, I can yeah. I can imagine yeah. there is some lot of heated discussions, you know, surrounding that, and you know, even now just around can be. the World Cup, such a hot topic. Um, I can only imagine you have great insight into what those those conversations are like. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, what I, what I actually wanted to ask you, you may I mean Dan mentioned the mm -hmm. coach. So, so for example, somebody like like. Um, Ivan, who's got a bit of a strength and conditioning sort of background, a bit similar to sort of yes. Jacques Yelba as well. You had that sort of medical yes. um, background before just being sort of the coach. How does yes. how much has that sort of helped with being able to understand your sort of position and stuff like that? Because I think obviously some coaches will come will come through and they can hear you say, "Listen, this player can't play for this reason or for this reason, or they're not fit enough for this reason," but they might not be able to understand. How much how much is it? Is it easier working with someone who, who's got that sort of background to be able to sort of understand where you're coming from and, and not, sort of, not sort of be speaking to the layman all the time type thing? Um, I think it can be yes and no. <laughs> it can be easier and it can be more challenging because you, ca you can't sort of get something past him <laughs> because yeah. he knows. <laughs> you know, yeah. he knows the structure. He was in the structure mm. for so many years mm. and he ran that system, you know. So... Um, to, to his credit, I mean, we had a player that we were turning back to play and um, he, we had put him on the field and he, we came off and he had actually challenged us, challenged us on his biomechanics and his movement and, and said he picked up something on that player. And we actually then, we did, we all looked at it and we 
we pulled him from the um, his return to play and we pulled him off the field and we did we, we, we got him off feet until we could correct that. Um, he was battling with deceleration um, in, in, in different uh, planes of movement and um, um, Ivan actually picked it up. <laughs> More than we did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so in that aspect, yes, Again, I, I, whole I think brain it's, trust. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, and it's, I think it was, it's quite nice that we can have those conversations and we can challenge each other and not take it personally and not have an ego and actually turn around and say, sure, you know what, thank you very much. You're the one that picked that up, you know. Um, and we could hopefully get this guy back into play as soon as possible. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. And then, Pam, just sort of the team environment. I mean, as somebody who's sort of been around the, the box quite a lot, and, and sort of the hallmarks of the entire team is how close they are as a squad. And, and it's more than just sort of the player relationship and the player and the coaches. That You know, the entire sort of management team. Can you sort of give us a bit of insight? What is the environment like between coaches, your medical staff, your support staff, your managers, your players, and stuff like that? How does that whole sort of environment sort of work? You know, are they sort of let's say divisions, but is it sort of, do people sort of keep to themselves type thing or is it just generally quite mixed up? I think it depends on the individuals that are within the coaching staff and within different the different departments. I think if you are an individual that are, is open to communication and um, constructive feedback and criticism, I think then the communication channels are really good and, and I think they flow quite nicely and quite easily. Um, if you have individuals that, you know, take a lot of things personally or, you, you know, like give you a bit, a bit of backlash or things like that, and it then becomes really difficult because as coaches and medical staff, you really have to be, you know, communicating 100% all the time. You don't always have to be on the same page in a sense of you don't always have to agree with each other, but, um, yeah, it, they have to be close. I mean, mm. I, I just... The one, the one little uh, snippet I uh, helped um, when the Bucks went to go and play at Twickenham, there was a remaining squad left behind, mm. and a couple of us went to go and help, and we were on the bus to um, St. John's, and I just was sat it, on the sorry, bus. The, the, match, the match this year? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so the remaining. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they went to play at Twickenham, and there was a, a remaining squad that stayed behind before they left. Yes. Um and uh, we, we, there were a couple of us that went and helped out because obviously um, Renee and um, Anne were in, uh, uh, had gone overseas already. And, and I sat on the bus and they all got on the bus and there's no seating protocol. You, you can sit wherever you want. And I was just observing and you had the logistic manager sitting in front with Rusty with a massage therapist chatting to the bus driver. And, and it was like a 15-minute journey and, and I, they were just – it was phenomenal to see, actually. You know, you you have this perception that a head coach, you know, a head coach stays in his box and he, you know, doesn't really communicate. Well, you know, maybe some people have that. And it was really interesting to see that that he that they were all communicating, no matter where you were. It was the water boy, or if it was, you know, the logistics manager, or if it was the, the massage therapist, the physio, or the doctor. They were all sharing a joke. I think it must have been something that had happened, and they were just it was incredible to see. Yeah. So I thought that dynamic was. They've yeah. created, I think, something special with, within and, the environment. And a large reflection of, um, you know, general working environments within the professional world, right? It, it lends itself very similarly um, when you see um, these big figures that is Russi, everyone knows his name. He's the spoken about person. He's the guy almost with the target on his back. So you're never quite mm. sure what that leader is like, you know, is there restricted access of there, you know, only these people can speak to him. And 
yeah, know, what, yeah. what we hear him preach is this, um, you know, narrative of, you know, no, everyone's equal and no one's above that. So, uh, you know, hearing these examples and seeing them in such, you know, small use cases like a team bus and a 15-minute journey, but those echo mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. the whole um, belief of a, of a team and, um, you know, what they really stand for. Um, 100%, yeah. I think what, what he preaches is actually sort of what you see. Mm. Yeah. It was, an, it was amazing. Right. So, so Pam, to get into sort of the nitty-gritty, right. So, Box has got a semi-final on, on, on Saturday. What can, can you sort of talk us through a little bit? Because, I mean, every single press conference I've been to now is, you know, they talk about, because often you go into sort of the Monday, Tuesday, and they just talk about, you know, we had a really good recovery day yesterday. And, you know, and, and, they, and they, like, often talk about, you know, how impressed they are with players and how well they're doing their recovery. What does a day of recovery and, and the next couple of days of recovery looks like? Because, obviously, you can't just play a match and the next day you're out training and, and stuff like that. And and also, you know, during the week, what do some of the sessions look like? You know, how many are sort of high intensity or how many involve contact, how many don't involve contact? Can you sort of give us an idea of what like a Sunday to Saturday turnaround, for example, could look like? Yeah. Um, so obviously mine is is going to be a bit lines biased here, but I'm sure it's it's very similar. We follow very similar protocols to the spring box. Um, so after a Saturday game, you usually have a, a really good meal. Um, so your nutrition is 100% um, important. Um, our dietitian would advocate that. Um, that's one of your top recovery tools, nutrition. So the dietitian would have gotten out um, their meal plan for, for that evening and probably the morning, or well, actually the morning after and the week after as well. And they, would have, they will eat according to what the dietitian has um, required. Then not only that is also sleep is really important. Um, so those are our top our, our top two recovery tools um, that they need to adhere to. Um, we have a hundred point system, and um, so each each recovery tool um, creates a, a, you generate a um, you generate a point system. So you have to tick up uh, tick off up to a hundred points when you come in on that Monday. So your your typical Sunday could be um, yeah your your sleep and your eating. You could have a lion. Um, you can have a pool session. Um, I'm sure on camp uh, at the Springboks they would have a, a recovery pool session or a foam rolling session or a mobility session. They would have massage rubs as well, um, and they'll just have a, a complete chill out day. Um, or, or maybe a social, you know, you also get points for social, but not a hectic social day. Um, then the Monday becomes a bit of a flush. Um, so you'll have your review from the from the game, um, so sort of like a chilled morning. Um, we do a recovery um, scoring in the morning, so they have to do a, a couple of tests that we then check to make sure that their scores are all okay um, if we don't pick up anything. So they'll do a groin squeeze test to see that they are still on their baseline um, or above and they haven't dropped. So we don't, you know, if we do that, we, we can flag them yes. on tour. That's a little, that's a little bit more difficult. So they might, they might, um, sort of modify that a, a little that bit. As a result of the equipment available. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, and then yeah, your review session, your massage sessions on, on Monday morning and your physios treatments that you probably need to start getting sort of rid of a bit of the, the niggles. And then um, your your field session is a lighter field session on that Monday. Um, we, we we call it a tacky session. Um, so in the tackies, they're doing the walkthrough. 
Um, yeah, and, and then as the week goes on, they sort of build up the intensity and the um, contact um, Tuesday, Wednesday through the, through the week. Um, and then your captain's day is sort of more of a chill session. So you, you, you hit your field session harder on that yeah. on that Wednesday, have a off day, Thursday, recovery day again, foam rolling, massage, um, rest, recovery, all that, ice yeah. baths, contrast baths. Um, and yeah, captain's Friday and then and then ready for the game on Saturday. You know, they also we also look at loads as well. You know the running loads and, and and what you've achieved that week and and then pull people the strength and conditioning coach, coaches will look at that and then monitor and manage their loads as they go and yeah. and we've just got a comment um from safri safri kiwi um saying go for recovery yes please um i think and you mentioned that you know there's the biggest is the um you know big part of it is food and sleep you know at the end of the day these um they are professionals yes but also grown-ups and and it can be difficult i'm sure particularly maybe um in younger age groups um mm -hmm. to control and actually understand what is happening on these off days you know are they um you know following the what is expected of them are they eating the right yes. things do you how do yes. you get insight into that while they aren't eating you know in a team you know cafeteria um but you know is there is there um you know are they wearing particular um smartwatches um, what is that insight and can you maybe give a little um, follow on about if you see, can you see that separation of, can you make that prediction of who's going to make it based on, on these, how people follow these types of, um, you know, instructions and, and ways of recovery? So I think to answer your first question, I think we possibly I might get into trouble for saying this, but in, in South Africa, I think our nutrition and our, our dietary needs could be improved. Um, I, I think as unions, we don't have a, a, a cafeteria or we don't get our food made for us. It's you have to rely on the player to, to, you know, get his, he has got his diet plan or his um, eating plan and they do have a um, dietary session every Monday with a dietitian. So that's how we, we keep track of it. But it's only for a short period of time. He has to be responsible for the rest of the time that he has been given. So, um, so that is very difficult. I know overseas they're very good at that. Um, they do have a cafeteria. They do have people that cook for them. They come in and they have their all their meals there. Yeah. Um, we, how we've tried to get around it is we um, at the moment we have got out our cereals and our supplements and smoothie makers. So we, we are trying to get that um, into, into the union and, and our strength and conditioning coach has been amazing in doing that. Mm. And then um, at lunchtime, they um, uh, they pay every, uh, every month for monthly uh, lunch meal that, that, that comes in. So try and keep track a little bit. Um, they, yeah. they still have to pay. Hey, you might be playing for the spring box, but you're going to pay for lunch. You have to pay for lunch. Well, our spring box are grounded. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, will 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 the player make it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on their off-field, off-field professionalism. I think as well. Yeah, you can see some players that definitely have something in them. I, I think that that will that determination, that work ethic, absolute work ethic. I mean, they will die for you on the field. Um, whether that 
you know, whether that player becomes a springbok. I think also luck has to do with it. Are they injury free? Um, do they suffer from a lot of injuries? You know, that's, I that's love, a hard I love an idea of luck. I think people people don't don't give that enough enough attention. You know, you've, you've had some of the best players ever who've had injuries and haven't. Then we've got some some people as well who might not be you know in the top two or three best players performing at the time, but there's suddenly a bit of an injury crisis in inverted commas. They get the chance, they take the chance. All of a sudden, they become undroppable. So I think that element of luck is a very interesting one. Yes, yes. We always say you've got you've been granted this opportunity. You take it. And are there, are there certain players that you know sort of almost kind of arrive and within the first month you kind of sit back going, here's a player. You know the way they conduct themselves, the way they train, the way they perform. You know, are there certain individuals where you go, yeah, that that kid's really special. Yes. Yeah. I I definitely I I don't think I'm I can I can name any. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm and, allowed and, to. And, and to be is, honest. Is, is it quite is it quite easy to sort of pick that up? Um, I think I think for a, a player who you know is definitely going to make it, yes. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. I, I was going to say yes. I think it is very easy to 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 pick it up. But then, then some some time out of the blue, you, a, a player will just have a bad season one season, the next season they turn around and then they like they're on point. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That, that, that motivation, because obviously, as you said, there's the there's the on-field um, talent and, and professionalism, but then how do you do you, do you do that 24 um, 24 hours a day, right? Are you are you mm -hmm. following this goal and dream? And and as you said, there's a lot of luck involved, but you know you got to put yourself in in the right position. I, I always think of someone like Jesse Creel, who's just always mm -hmm. seems to be never he's never injured. He always seems to be in incredible form, okay. and he's he's yes. been sitting on the wings for so long waiting for this opportunity and he's coming to this world cup and he is yes. draining he's the grabbed it. time yes you know one of the most physical on the pitch and yet still able to um you know go back in, again and a lot of it's motivation obviously but um yeah. giving yourself that opportunity um to come yeah it's interesting because you kind of also look at also what sacrifices they've made along the way to to sort of to get there i think you know and and was it worth it? And and I think for him, absolutely at the moment, yes, definitely, because he's he's flying. Yeah, and 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 then perhaps just going into so for example, there's been a lot of sort of graphs about sort of um, workload management during the World Cup, and um, uh, Rusty even I think on Tuesday even sort of insinuated that some teams had potentially gotten it wrong with maybe playing players too much. The box have done it very well in terms of spreading the workload. They've actually got the the fewest uh, average minutes per per sort of uh, player, how much is that sort of planned? Um, and interestingly enough, obviously internationally is a bit different. You know, team, teams like the Lions, for example, when you get injuries and player death, obviously, you know, what you'd like to do and what you can do is is very different. But how much of a say do the medical staff have in terms of you've got a crunch game this weekend and you're sitting there saying, I, you know, the coach is saying, I have to play this player. And you're saying, okay, but he's, you know, well over his workload. You shouldn't be playing. You know how, how how do you sort of get that balance right? And how much of a say do you know do do the medical staff have when they can when they can just put up and say he's played too much rugby, you have to rest some type thing? How do you get that balance right? Um, I think the best way to answer that is quite simple. As well, I I feel is risk uh, versus reward. Mm. So, are you willing to risk that player to get the greatest reward that you can get? So, if it's a semi final. Um, yeah, you know, if, if if we're able to risk him and it's a really important game, the reward is massive. Um, if it's a preseason game, then you're not going to risk that player. 
as much. Mm. So, sorry, I, you were going to say something. No, that's super interesting. And, and I mean, off the back of, you know, unlikely, um, you know, recoveries made not just from Sear in, in he was at least given a bit of a runway, but was incredibly quick in that. But more specifically, Pollard and Lucanio Am, both real question marks and weren't picked for the squad. So actually relied mm. on an injury happening for them to come back in. They couldn't just, you know, integrate as we wished. Mm. Do you see that as one of those examples where it is the reward is big enough? You know, if they, what is the assessment um, going into that? And and do do you think that they could, you know, play eighty minutes um, of rugby if need be, and and at what level? Um, that's a difficult question to answer. It's not being sort of privy completely into into the, the system. But I think with SIA, that's a hot topic to debate. Um, I'm not 100% sure if we had an ACL repair or reconstruction. You know, the reconstruction time frame that we we use um, is nine months, and his obviously was four, um, which which is in, which is incredible. Um, so you're like sort of holding your breath in the first game, you know, that he plays, you, yeah. you know, just to say, oh goodness, I hope he, I hope he gets okay. Um, but I think I think that maybe could have been a risk versus reward in a sense because he's such a great leader, he's such a great um, influence um, on the field and within play. Um, I think. I th that that could be it. I mean, I think you'd probably have to ask Jerome and Renee um, exactly the the sort of thoughts process behind it. But he looks he looks yeah, good, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, no, that, that was the biggest looks, thing. That first game looked like he never never he never been away. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't believe he took. I think they took him off after forty five minutes mm -hmm. uh, um, in 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 this previous game. I was like, but why? He's been he's looking so good. Um, <laughs> With 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 um, Pollard and um, Lucania, I think um, I don't think they were just ready yet. You know, I just think they had a few more boxes to tick with their return to play. Um, we follow a, quite a stringent return to play, and I think when we were with them on their way off to um, Tukinum, he was still they were still completing that that return to that return to play protocol so i just don't think they had ticked all those boxes just yet so i think that was a little bit sort of more risky at the time but you know they're both there now um the cards fell into their favor at the moment you talk about that sort of risk and reward and uh, uh, an interesting example for me is always element jones coming into that lions series a couple of years ago where people their basic insinuation was there were a couple of shortcuts in inverted commas that they that they took which they probably wouldn't have taken if he was, you know, younger. Basically, this was his last Lions tour, and he was willing to take that risk. You know, does that ever sort of come into it? You know, where you've got a player who's maybe nearing the end of his career, and they're sitting there saying, "Listen, I've got you know, one more year left, or whatever. That this is the final. I have to play." And can you be afford to be a little bit, I wouldn't say less cautious, but take more risks with the sort of players at the back end of their career? Also, might know their body a bit better, for example, mm. compared to obviously a twenty-one-year-old player who's just wants to play, is over-eager and, and using their thinking, oh, but we want to get you playing for another 10, 12 years. Um, yes, you know, 100%. Yes, yes. I, I think the older players definitely know their bodies more and they know what they can... They, they, they can be honest with themselves and they can be honest with us and they can be honest with the coaches as well. And I think a lot of them are probably more willing to risk themselves in a, in a, in a bigger game um, because they know it's their last season, it's their twilight of their career, they want to go out with a bang. Um, 
yeah, we've we've got a few legends with us at the moment who are quite prepared to throw themselves into the mix, um, just purely because you know they they, they want to perform. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. the last throw of the dice for for a lot of them that they, they you know if it's a career ending injury it was going to end you know in, in any case um yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's going to be one of the risk that yeah yeah for sure and, yeah and then and then on the flip side younger players now we've just seen uh mahenko van Beek, who who we're very much looking forward to seeing his return uh you know the season how and somebody asked earlier from a mental perspective how difficult is working with young especially younger players who i think you know who you know like i mean he literally saa call up last year you know mm. breakout season you know he's the he's the talk of the town and then and then does it and he is knee and it's the end of the season type thing how difficult it is and, and sort of how do we how do you support younger players not not even just from a physical perspective from a mental perspective to sit there saying listen people have done this they've come back they've gotten them back and how, how do you sort of keep them motivated for that time when they're watching somebody else play in the jersey that they wanted somebody else get that opportunity that they could have had if they were on the field how, how do you guys get that how do you how do you manage that it's difficult really difficult um yeah i'm not gonna lie it's it was it was a long road with with um henku um and um he'll gladly put up his hand and said i think in the beginning there was there was a lot of struggles that um that he went through exactly that i mean and now this is on a general basis i mean you get an injury and it's it's you sort of go through those steps, you know, you, it's like, oh my goodness, what has just happened? And then you go through all the sort of stages of grief um, and denial and, and then anger and then sadness, you know, exactly that. So in, in pre-season, it's interesting, you see players that are, have, have an injury and they're okay because it's pre-season. It's when they start seeing their, their um, colleagues and their friends, like you said, playing in a particular jersey or their jersey or, or things like that, then it becomes very difficult. So as, as physios, you know, our superpower is getting to know the player um, quite intricately and, 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 and quite, you know, you go through that emotional journey with them. Um, I've always advocated that any professional rugby player must go and see a psychologist um, because, because we, we do fulfill some role in that um, but we it's not our scope of practice um so the, the, they should they should be seeing our psychologists just to get them through um exactly that and especially if it's a long-term injury like an acl or, or a knee you know yeah, i was actually going to touch on that and so based of of that are there any um union setups or, or professional setups that integrate the sports a team um, sports psychologist into the mix um, or if it's um, external is that generally someone let's say Henker for example if he did have a, um, a sports psychologist would you um, try work hand in hand with that person and you know is that have you seen when that mental attitude has been able to shape the you know comeback time um, from injury to back on the pitch yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Pre-COVID, we used to have a um, psychologist, Trevor Hall, that was with us in-house, and it was phenomenal. He used to run an ACL group um, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis, and um, you just you could see the the, the change um, in in the players, sort of the, the emotional sport. It was someone that they could. He wasn't associated with the brand um, that um, they could just speak freely freely with, you know. Um, 
and he still he still sees some of our places uh, after COVID sort of things sort of um, uh, d uh, sort of fell apart and but but they, he still sees some of our players um, on an external basis. It's a little bit more difficult to then integrate between the physios and and the psychologists then. But you know when they're in house. I think you you again also have to work really well together, especially knowing not, not necessarily knowing the intricate details because I think that's between the psychologist and the player. That right. doesn't you 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 don't need to know exactly that, but I think you kind of need to know sort of maybe the coping mechanisms, yeah. um, how to spur them on, how to calm them down, how to lift them up, um, how rational or, or irrational they can mm -hmm. become, um, and we can help them in that aspect. Yeah, uh, it's vital, absolutely vital. And and my players actually um, have have a psychologist that they also um, make available to the players as well. Um, okay. So lots of uh, yes. players use them as well. Mm. That is a general yeah. support structure, not just I guess from you typically see them in like you know fighting for kind of you know salaries and 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 a lot of those minimums. But you know a lot of it, particularly now, is you know how are we making sure that that these athletes are um you know coping while in their profession but also then set up afterwards and so on and so yeah. forth yeah i think i think also if we look at the psychology behind it i think the off-field support is really important the family support the friend support so that's sort of structures are also um i think uh some of the the families are now with the box in in france as well yeah and i think that's that's brilliant because you've been away for so long you know you need you sort yeah. of need some of some, some of that to get you through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. some of that. kids and so you could play. Yeah. yeah. So John John Clay was was speaking about that because obviously he was in 2019 with Ireland. He said that it's a, it's a big difference to having his, his family there, and uh, and that's been a massive part with the boxes that they are so family driven. I mean, I so I've been there in box yeah. camp, and I, and I always say Friday is phenomenal because I usually go to the press conference, captain's press conference, and you're usually working the team hotel. And you sit there as all the families arrive and you just see all the players and they're playing with their kids and they're, you know, yeah. just with, sitting with the yeah. wife. And it's the most relaxed, like, environment ever. And you can just see players who are about to go play once one of the biggest games they live the next day, just completely switched yeah. off. And, and being well, able that's, to that's the thing. themselves from that. 100%. I think you could then completely, completely switch off. And I think that's really important, you know, just to get a, get away from all the hype. They just kind of ground you a bit mm -hmm. um, to make you a little a bit humble. Yeah, if you even yeah. Etabeth, you can't you can't keep up the this facade of world dominator for you know what nineteen yeah. together like you know he's also he, got a, a, a you know a very kind and loving side to him and I guess he is the that. nicest person mm -hmm. I thought when I was there I thought he was wonderful absolutely wonderful he's not just mean guy, yeah, mean yeah. man that you see yeah. on the field. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how yeah. some of the big players really are. I mean, Arkes Neyman as well is is, is very relaxed yes. and a good fun. So chilled. Yeah, yeah, so chilled. But on the field, whoo! Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I hope the yeah. English aren't watching. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you're right. No, they're very mean. Yeah, they're very mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and then Pam, just to, just to sort of stick on the sort of mental thing and, and maybe sort of the physical parts. Uh, concussions, obviously, the the a big a big topic of discussion. And um, there was a horrendously stupid question posed to Rusty about teams potentially, you know, using the HIA protocol to swap players in and out and stuff like that. I think it's an area that people are very in the dark about in terms of what an HIA is, what the protocol is, and, and who makes the final call and stuff like that. Uh, can you see there's a bit of an insight, player goes down, head contact, what happens yeah. between that moment and if they get back onto the field or if they don't get back onto the field? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay. So I think I think just to go back to doing that as a strategy, you you cannot do that as a strategy to change to change players. I think that's crazy. Um, so basically, you have three HRAs: HRA one, two, and three. You have an HRA one that is um, divided into four components. Um, the one being a criteria one. So he gets a clash on his head. And has he sustained a criteria one symptom? Being um, loss of consciousness, definitely, you know, definitely, definitely passed out. Is is he dazed and confused? Is he walking? Is he stumbling around? Is he slow to get up? So there's nothing suspicious about that. You don't suspect anything. You know for definite that that he is he is uh, um, concussed or a head injury. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. criteria one. Then not only that is that there's a video review process as well on the side of the field with a match day doctor. There's also a clinical evaluation with with the doctor as well. And then you go you, you go through all of those you go through all of those steps. You know. Um, and is that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that is that is that doctor a neutral or is that the Lions doctor is doing that and the box doctor? It, no, he, no, he's a, he's a neutral. So That's we have the yeah. So we have the physio on the one side, the team doctor on the other side with the match day doctor, and and he is this sort of yeah. He's the the neutral yeah. the neutral guy. Yeah. Um. So he so he, those are the four criteria, um, or, or the four steps. Um. So if it's a criteria one, he's removed removed completely. Um, and, and he's not allowed to come back onto the field. If you suspect, um, if you if you suspect that he may have a concussion, like you're not actually quite sure, then he is taken off um, for an HR. So, so then he's taken off for concussion, the first one. Yeah. If you suspect that he may have concussion, then he is then taken off for an HIA one. Now that is then completed by the match day doctor, not the team doctor, because the team doctor will have a particular bias, I assume, um, to that. So then they go and they, they do the assessment and, and and all of that and the review. That is a 12 minutes, um, 12 minutes. You can't get back. Even if you're symptom-free, you cannot get back. If you pass that, you cannot get back um, within 12 minutes. Um, you have to you have to sit out for that 12-minute period. If obviously they if they you're suspected and you fail that HIA1, then you then you can't come back to that field. Then that replacement becomes a permanent replacement. Yeah. Um, then so then what happens? So he let's say he's he failed his HIA one. He then um, the game finishes. He has to complete a HIA two um, within three hours. Um, <clears throat> excuse me of the game completion. Now that HIA two is an early concussion tool. So remember, concussion doesn't always come, or the symptoms don't always come straight away. You then have, it, 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 they may come later. So your HIA2 then picks up an early concussion. Then you have the HIA3 that has to be done within 36 to 48 hours post-game. So that usually happens for us usually on the Monday morning. Um, and then that would pick up or disregard a late um, concussion. So okay. it's quite a quite a strict mm. uh, head injury or concussion protocol. Mm. Um, and then what's interesting, so if then there's now a game um, within seven to ten get days usually, and that player had a confirmed concussion, but he's asymptomatic, you're not allowed to put that player onto the field unless he goes to see an independent um, uh, concussion specialist. Um, 
a consultant. Yeah. So we we are not allowed to put that player on the field. He has to go and see some independently. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, I mean, it's really evolved over the last, well, sure, over the last few years, the the concussion protocol. Yeah. And and those yeah. sort of tests, I mean, it's it's been a long yeah. time since since I played rugby. But back in school, we used to have to do like baseline tests as a thing. Is mm -hmm. is it those sort of things where you you know you do a baseline, then you go and do those in the tests and sort of see how are those sort of some of the sort of the tests that are doing? What what are the sort of the tests look like? Yes, so 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 everything in in the beginning is computerized, um, and you do your baseline testing. So every player, and I think from school now still, um, mm. uh, that you have to do it. You you have a baseline concussion test, and also there's now loads of studies. So there's a, a large base of normative data out there. So you can't remember. I think back in the day, you could try and cheat the system, and and you could try and 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 try and fail that baseline concussion test. So when you redid right. the concussion test, you look smarter. But yeah. you can't do that. You can't do that anymore because there's, yeah. so, there's so much normative data. Um, so it's computer based on an iPad. The doctor will sit there in a, a SCAT5 sheet. Um, you have a components. You have a memory. You have a balance. Um, you have numerical. Um, uh, you have to re recite uh, various words, forwards and backwards, and, and, and things like that. And then and then it. it they score that. It's sent straight through to the um, the database um, with all the results, and then it comes back to say whether he's uh, sharp or not sharp. So, so not quite just uh, what's your date of birth and you know what's what's your dog's name type thing. <laughs> no, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. It's quite extensive. Yeah, it's it's really. Um, I think it's really changed uh, the. Yeah, you know, any any problems that happen later on. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, and Pam, it's obviously very. Um, an interesting one for you. We've seen a lot of um, controversy around some of the, the red cards and fluctuations between maybe some of the decisions made um, that were deemed to be red versus some others. And obviously, you know, you're not by any means in charge of the, the refereeing board, but where on the, where do you see um, that happy middle ground being, as I'm sure you are, you know, a rugby fan as well, and, and you don't mm. want to see um, complete contact taken out of the game. But we never want to see a circumstance where players are, are leaving and retiring and, you know, suffering um, much worse, um, you know, kind of brain damage down, down the road. Where yeah. is that medium um, between those? And where do you think um, World Rugby is sitting in that at the moment and how, um, you know, the HIAs have been employed and, and just general decision making by the referees and, and how they've been instructed by World Rugby? Uh, no, I don't want to be controversial because I love the fact that it's a collision sport and that's why we watch rugby. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes, yeah, I'm not going to lie, it frustrates me to see someone who gets a red card and for me it looks like an accidental head knock, but the rules say that it's a head knock and mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a red card. You know, I, I, I think that, that frustrates me as a rugby fan. Um, if, if, I can, if maybe I can cop compartmentalize myself yeah. in that because I think as a rugby fan a lot of people are going yeah but back in the day we could do this and we could do that and we just pummel each other we rocked over we mauled you know we could get our studs in and we can do all of that sort of stuff you know but then as a medical person I can then go oof yes that's that's really that's really hectic you know um i can understand why we're bringing we're bringing in that rule you know just to prevent that that further um you know the further problems later on in life mm -hmm. um but 
you know, when I also kind of question myself, and maybe this is where I'm being controversial. When does it stop? When when do we when when do we get it? When when we get to enough? You know, how much more do we want to change if we don't want to completely change the game of what rugby actually is? Um, so that's what I struggle with a, a, a little bit, actually. I might get into trouble for that. I don't know. Um, yeah, but, and, but as, it, and as, as a medical staff, I mean, are you are you sitting there? I mean, when you guys watch the game, how much is it? I mean, do you pick up and place on sort of aspects that you're sitting there thinking, you know, like when they're bringing rule changes and, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe there's like certain injuries maybe aren't as prevalent or whatever, or, you know, if there is a, is there, is a change in sort of the amount of concussion stuff like that, you know, have you noticed there, are there, is there a point where sometimes there, there might be a rule change or there might be, even though the team plays a bit differently and all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's a bit of a difference from a player welfare point of view, you know, have you seen those kind of situations before? Yeah, we, um, in our URC stats that came out last year, our concussion rate was, so the year before, so our concussion rate was really high. Um, I think we were top um, out of the 16 of the URC, whereas last year we were we were right, you know, we were right down at the bottom. Our concussion rate had really changed from being um, the worst to, to the best. Um, and I think we, we 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 some of the coaches changed some of the tackle techniques or, or um, how they how they carry the ball and things like that. So yes, we did notice that um, a, a lot. So yes, I, I think that does help um, or can change um, injury stats as well. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, Pam, to be honest, I could talk about this all night. So uh, we're not going to see because <laughs> I think there's, there's, there's so much to talk about. But um, yeah, I think that's, especially in the, the HIA program, I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. Um, and, yeah. and I think that, that clarifies a lot of it because it has obviously been one of the biggest talking points of the World Cup is the red mm. cards and how when players go back and when players don't go back and stuff like that. So yeah, I didn't realize that there were a different stages and stuff. So, so thank you so much yeah. for, for all the insights. You're welcome. Now I was about to say also there's also a return, a graded return to play mm. as well, post post concussion. So they have to go through a whole graded return before they can get uh, back onto the field. So it's quite a, a elaborate. Um, and does that depend yeah. on like sort of I don't know, so the level of concussion that they are, or is it sort of like regardless of you know the extent of the injury, it's the same sort of sort of return no, to play type thing. It's well, remember, remember, I said if they were asymptomatic, they go and see the independent guy. And if yeah. they see the independent guy and he says that's great, then they go straight back into the field. But if they are concussed, they're out for, for 12 days and they have to go through stage one or day one, two, three, four. And, and that operates. And doesn't matter how sort of concussed you actually are, you can't really, I don't, there's no real scale. I yeah, guess, exactly. But yeah. There's a whole, there's a whole index, mm -hmm. the inventory, there's a headache scale, there's a headache dizziness inventory and all that sort of stuff. But so you do get lots of symptoms, I, I, I guess, on that. And you have to be symptomatic. I mean, you have to be asymptomatic to be yeah. able to complete that HIA3. Um, and then you can start your return to play. And then, and then that's a, you know, that's a, a light jog for 20 minutes and then you, you you don't get symptoms after that then you can progress the next day only 24 hours you can then go, go to a gym program and only after that 24 hours you you move on to something yeah. else so, so it's essentially it's like really a, a extensive. exercise you know you can there are there are it's a bit like the with, sort of with the box mentioned that there are certain targets you have to meet these whether it takes you 20 days 20 days 30 days you have to meet these and you will not pay until you do absolutely absolutely and if you if you get symptoms um on day two um, but you didn't get symptoms back on back on day one, then you go back to day one and then you have to start okay. it again. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So it can take a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's a very long time. It can be, becomes a bit more complex, a little bit more of a complex concussion. Um, and that's sort of co post concussion syndrome. And that's, that, that, that's a talk for another day, I think, but oh, yeah. Cool. 
Well, I think we're going to have to have another day based on this. I think there's so many more questions that a lot of people were asking. So, Pam, we won't take up any more of your time. Thank you very much. You've Thank got you. you've got a, you've got a URC finalist in the Stormers to beat this weekend. Um, <laughs> yes, so, yes, yes. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the preparation as well. I'm looking forward to getting to to Ayers Park and, and seeing the Lions uh, uh, this this weekend. Uh, just very quickly, do you, Are you going to be there? Uh, I won't be there this weekend, but I'm hoping oh, okay. to get. I actually haven't been to the park since COVID because I've started doing all the working and stuff like that. So it's my my goal this okay. year is to get there before the end of the year. Okay, um, come say hi. Come say hi. Be, Tell I'll, me that you come in and I'll and I'll organize something. All right, all right brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll be in, in the HIA room. Like, <laughs> yes, you, you can see live. what happens behind the scenes. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, in the HIA. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I remember doing those baselines and not knowing what was going on and, and that was when I, I think you should do it. one now because I can't even do them now either so they, they've got even harder just very quickly do you run your own practice and stuff like that or is it just um I don't I used to it's just okay. got too much so I don't yeah I'm full-time there at the lines yeah. All right, cool. Well, then, perfect. Right. Yeah. So, then everybody, when, when, when we you. see Enka make his return, then thank you for all the work you put on him. And please keep our lines <laughs> safe because we need to see a lot more oh, of them well. at the World Cup in 2027. Um, oh, well. and, and then, Dan, thank thanks you. for joining us. Um, to everybody else, don't go away. We're going to hand over to Chris and Wes. Um, so, they're going to be taking you guys through this weekend's uh, fixtures. Uh, Chris is going to talk about the fact that the Stormers are going to lose the Lions. Wes is going to give us a bit of analysis on where England are going to go wrong this weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll then obviously be live over the weekend. So, Dan, thank you very much. Pam, thank you again. Have a fantastic evening further. Thank you. Thank you, you too, guys. Thank and we'll see you guys all, all very, very thank soon. I'm happy to hand over to you guys very, very soon. I just wanted to just come on here and just remind Chris that 
He's only going to be having one team of his win on Saturday, and that mm -hmm. uh, you know we got the insight from Pamela, and, and I, I've heard some team news, and, and you oh. a long day on Saturday, long long day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, you guys. It's about time you guys win. So I mean, I'm happy you, happy for you guys to crack into the top eight. Listen, yeah. listen, we're going all the way. It's going to be a, a <laughs> block life double this this season. Yeah, well, no, it'll be okay. It's okay if we meet in the final and you can break. You have, have another heartbreak final, yes, Steve? We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it in Cape Town where people come to watch it. So it'll be no, good. We'll do, come, come, come to the park. We'll, we'll get Wes down from the from from the Delta. We'll get you down from the UK. We'll do a little forever sports meetup at at good old Ellis. Yeah, get a hillbrow afterwards for the jaw. No, I know we will speak to it. I, I know, yeah, yeah, we'll do a review, but yeah, I think uh, you get your best chance. I think you guys, boys, are gonna have to beat the mighty Stormers. Nah. No money, no party. No, no party. Right, gentlemen, I'm not going to take any more of your show. Um, do yes. enjoy it. And of course, um, good. Scott's you're not joining us. Yeah, he's off. No, yeah, he's, 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 he's off. I'm also off. I'm going to go and uh, continue unpacking. Yeah, you must be bugger there. Eh? Yeah, no, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. It's a long flight. Um, people don't understand that. You know, if, if you go, if you lean back on your chair and you can't go any further, it's because somebody's knees are there, and people just don't quite understand that. So mm. it's been a long night, uh, and I'm going to go and, and 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 listen to some horrendous predictions coming out of you guys on the TV. So, chaps, yeah, enjoy it. Put us on silent, and you can have a good sleep. No, 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 no. So, everybody <laughs> in the comments, please go start, uh, go start, start, start abusing the tune. I'll get your questions in, and uh, I will see everybody tomorrow on the watch long. And I believe we might even be seeing uh, Wes tomorrow night on the pre-show, if I'm not mistaken, or not. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm around. <laughs> there we go. Is he winning in Dini here? Gentlemen, enjoy it, and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, cheers. Hello, Wes. Oh, How are you doing, man? Yeah, good, good. I'm still buzzing. I won't lie, I'm still buzzing from the weekend. I can't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I still can't believe what we witnessed, especially Saturday's game, the Irish-New Zealand game. I thought that was... Yeah, like we were gonna we get that repeat of that. We we knew our game could be a good one, but then our game and yes, uh, I must uh, yeah, I must I must say I've been negative about rugby. <laughs> I I've been I had a few things to say about the box, and now I'm feeling like the 16 year old Chris that loved rugby and going to Newlands and you know just just reinvigorated. This is something that's that's been I think the, the biggest challenge for the box and and probably New Zealand as well. Um, is, is exactly this is come is, is overcoming this feeling that we're feeling. I mean, imagine we're feeling this way now. So you, can you imagine how the box and, and the All Blacks are feeling? Um, yeah. This 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 elation, excitement, this absolute like they're so pumped, but they, they have to come back down and they've got to reset yeah. and they've got to do it again and find that hunger because yeah. you know everyone points to England in 2019 against the All Blacks playing their final in that game and it's a real thing and you know. Both these teams, you, you feel like New Zealand, and I say this lightly, and I hate the word should. I hate the word should when it comes to sports, and I hate the word should when it comes to World Cups, but New Zealand should beat Argentina, and South Africa should beat mm -hmm. England. Um, mm -hmm. But it's that sort of mindset that potentially that, you know, that, that if they've not yeah. come down and they've got themselves back up to the right levels, could, could yeah. be in for, for, for a very rude awakening. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let Well, let's Argentina, and I think a lot of us, uh, I think you were there with us, maybe me, you disappeared. Yeah, 
you know, a lot of us had Welsh. We thought, you know, you'd get, and I think you, I, if I can remember, you were a bit British in Argentina, maybe. I can't remember, I think. Um, I had, I thought Wales, Wales are built in, and that was pretty, pretty impressive performance for Argentina. I'm not, I don't want to say momentum changed with paper and, because I was watching the game with friends, and we, we all, we straight away went, that's good for Arge, and they did, did kind of shift from there, because Wales got that early brilliant try, and then they went, but no, 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 you know they deserve to go through in the end. I think, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree. No, I was, I was sort of backing the Welsh the whole, the whole time up until the game. Um, even in the game, I thought, oh, you know, it's tight, but you know, if there's one team that should be able to kind of see it out, it would be the Welsh, the historically more successful team. Um, mm. And fair play to the Argies. They said, well, that you know, we're gonna, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna. So. No, I think yeah, they deserved winners in the end. It's a, it's a shame for you know for for players in that that team. You know your George Norths, your Dan Biggers, yeah. um, but equally so, it would be saying the same thing if it was Argentina and you had Augustin Crivi. You know his his last hurrah as well. So it's it's the it's the duality and the cruelty of, of sports really. So yeah. um, but no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and remember, I think we also spoke last week. I said to you, I think a, lo a lot depends on the balance of the RG's emotions and where they are. And I think they brought the right, the right level. And I think that crowd or something is also was a factor for them. Hey, I think that got them up there and, yeah. and was on their side. And yes, yeah, no, and, and it is that crowd factor, that support and those, those fans that you have, and it, it it does make such a big difference. And it's such a weird thing, um, like. You know, obviously, it compels a comparison. Obviously, my sort of sporting days, but I played semi-professional and uh, and would go to stadiums. And it's a very weird thing that you you don't really hear the noise unless it's for you. That's what I found, at least. You know what I mean? So so that sort of harassment and whatnot. I was able to just well, I didn't really register much in my ears. But as soon as you sort of heard your team's name or a chant or a song that you know was associated with your team, that all of a sudden just hit a different wavelength and was coming through and it can be so uplifting, um, which was, which was massive. But um, I just want to pick up a one comment here, Chris, quickly. It was, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Brent, bring in, bring in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So it's lovely to have obviously all of you watching. Thanks so much. But Brent W here says, uh, this weekend's rugby was easily the best of the tourney so far. Can't see the next two weeks reaching the same heights. Although having said that, the New Zealand Bach final will be super special. And I think to touch on that, like, you know, everyone, before the weekend was saying, yes, you know, the, the big games are New Zealand, Ireland and South Africa, France. And while they were big games, they were amazing games. I don't think the other two quarterfinals disappointed either. I think yeah. they were also extremely entertaining. I, I think it they was were. just the best weekend of rugby I've, well, I've ever watched, you know, yeah. World yeah. Cup rugby. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. RG came from behind. Then we had the All Black Island game and Fiji brought it to a draw with 10, 20 minutes, 10 minutes to go, right? I mean, every, it was, it was, every game was amazing. I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> as buzzing as we are, and I, and I don't want to take any way away from Argentina and, and how England have, we, but we, we did think England could sneak into a semi final. But how buzzing would we have been if those were semis and now we're straight into the final? We'll, this week will be so, but we're going to have a little bit of this. It's going to be a good weekend of rugby as well. And I said the weather's coming in, so we might see different styles. We're definitely going to see different styles and matchups here yeah. compared to last yeah. week. And certainly, going to, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, South Africa, I can't, South Africa, New Zealand, they're surely not. They're not going to be able to come back. But we'll discuss that in the previews. But uh, but yeah, 
But if they get into the New Zealand Island game, I think, yeah, like, yeah, so I, I kept my Super Brew, my New Zealand Super Brew pick, because that, yeah. <laughs> that again, is just, I don't know, I keep on using it. We're going to keep using that word grudge, you know, because it is New Zealand. And, you know, I've just watched so much. It's not even rugby. When I see grudge matches, single single sports, soccer matches, teams are up for it. And that's what I said. I said, New Zealand are not going to be at 110% the whole game. And they were. So I called that right. And I said, what are Ireland going to do if they're behind with 10 minutes, 20 minutes to go? And they did. They started to get nervous. The legs did start to go. But don't take anything away. I mean, as you know, I mean, it's a dodgy penalty, wrong other penalty call, and they win. Or, and Jordy Barrett at the, I mean, at the end there, keeping the ball up. And I was shame Cronin. See, that, but that, that's what I meant. The big moment, the pressure moment. Unfortunately, Ireland player, like, probably... Was a Shenu? He was behind. Was it? He was the, the hooker over the head. Okay, he just broke away a little bit too soon. So it started to obviously get into their mind that they weren't over the line, and they were supposed to be. Yeah, and they made those mistakes. But take nothing away from New Zealand, there. Eh? No, no, absolutely no. It was, it was phenomenal. And and yeah, as I said, like I, I seem to be alone on the Forever Sports community, or at least group on this one. Or maybe I think uh, Chris, maybe with me. No, it was Cal. I think was with me. I, I'm just. I was gutted for the Irish players. And yes, the arrogance yeah, me and too. the cockiness. Me too. This, but me too. It, it was, you know, and, and I, I'm a sucker for that fairy tale sort of, you know, maybe watch too many kind of movies and whatnot. But it looked like there was something phenomenal building. And, you you know, you had to, you didn't have to like them, the Irish and Johnny Sexton and Peter Omani. I hated him. But, you, but God damn it, did I respect him, you know. And uh, it was it was just that watching that journey. And, and yeah, I, I think... I was gutted. Likewise, you know, after after the the French game, I was gutted for for the home nation. You know, obviously elated and stoked the box had gone through, but there was a part of me, of of you know that that story had come to an end, and obviously it had to end so ours could continue. But um, but no, it was it was just a phenomenal weekend. I, okay, I have to admit, I still have a Southern Hemisphere hat on, right? So I was still back in New Zealand. I like, I love the tradition, the old guard. I'm still all for that. I, but I do love that France and Ireland are front run top there, top four amazing sides. I'll, I was gutted for Ireland because if you look at the two journeys to get to that, that, that was what me for me made this game so special. I think France and us are always going to be this go hopefully ever top two top teams, pretty much similar. But I did. I mean, I was shouting New Zealand home, but I I did also say straight away, oh, damn man, like and I and a part because also part of me wanted. I know we want the box to go all the way. But I wanted either Ireland or France to be in that final. One of them deserved to be in that final. I, for, for rugby as well, I part of her, like yeah. oh, these yeah. guys have done eight, both teams have spent seven years to get there. Expectations for the first time were realistic there. <laughs> and these yeah. baggers from Southern Hemisphere came and stole their dreams. And oh, it's tough to, it, it, I, it must be tough. I wouldn't. And I, but I was okay to, I didn't want to lose to France, but I could have taken it because of the France story. And, you know, and we've yeah. won our World Cups. But obviously, I, I just, I, I haven't, I mean, I don't know what you, I, I, I said well, we were down to six months. I didn't, that was, Springboks don't usually come back from that situation. Home to crowd, that team, like I, I was so surprised. That just made it even more exhilarating how we came back there. We, yeah, yeah and, it was great. It was wanna... amazing. Yeah, I'm always tempted, you know, I find myself catching myself when I say, like, you know, how the box won. It was by hook or by crook or by witchcraft because then it, then it actually takes away something from them. Like, they, 
they were just a, a great team on that night, the, the Springboks, who found a way to win. It wasn't pretty, yeah. you know, it wasn't a, a massive blowout or it wasn't, you know, the clean, crisp. And to be honest, like, I think my comments probably um, after, the, after the game, immediately after in that reaction show, were a bit unfair. I was saying, oh, but we need to tighten up this, we need to tighten up that. And rightly so, the, the guys in the comments just kind of called me out and said, hey, look, they've played against a phenomenal French side at home with that home advantage, like, you know, so so the box did. They dug deep and they just found a way to win. And as we, we started off the second, you know, my concern is now we need to do that again because it's going to be another big weekend of rugby. It, you speak about grudge oh. matches. I mean, if anyone's got a grudge, it's it's the, the English thing. against the box. You know? I know. So. This, I mean, no. I mean, it, for me, for me, this feels as big as what the Irish and New Zealand game did for those two teams. I just. For us, especially for England, but also us, because now, now our expectations are, because uh, even uh, 2007 we flo- flew under the radar a little bit. I, I mean, we had a great side then, but I, I don't recall myself thinking, oh, geez, we're going to win this thing. You know, was, those are still the days when New Zealand was. We still had to get past New Zealand and Australia were decent, but this is a whole new ball game for the for the books. But I, 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 I was the same as you. I, I saw France. Monstering into our half, monstering the 22 score, and us scoring off mistakes. And I said to myself, and my friend, I said, we, we, we're scoring off mistakes, that's going to dry out, and France just going to look like they're going to carry on doing that. Mm-hmm. So I was concerned mm-hmm. that our play was not going to work. But then the second half changes came in early. France started to get nervous. And even so, even if I thought we stayed, I still thought. You know, thank God Faf ripped that ball out because part of me was still going that fucking ref's gonna blow a French penalty any minute now, and we're gonna keep it out. I wasn't excited. I wasn't happy until the end of the final whistle. You know, but it also made the whole girl game so great. You know, yeah, oh, yeah so no, and it was, and it was just for me. It like really cemented why rugby is is the best sport in the world and why we why we watch it. And you know, every time I say there's a buck game, I'm always I'm. I have the, the voice in my head that I'm not going to watch it. It's too stressful. But you, but you can't help yourself, and you do, and you do watch it just for for weekends like that and for performances like that. Because yeah, it was just something I, you know, I think I'll I'll, I'll remember specifically, you know, for for a very very long time. So I mean, here, you know, looking in the chat again, we've got Brent W there saying I've rewatched the France game four times now and still can't believe we won. Um, you know, which is which is just you know testament to how good that game was. Um, but also in the comments there, Safra Kiwi saying, I've never seen a box pack dominated uh, like the box in the first 10 minutes of the game on the weekend. Yeah, so, you know, and that was something that was quite different where the, the forwards, you know, didn't really seem to be um, doing what, what we expected them to do, you know. Uh, and it was almost yeah. a bit reminiscent um, of, of the Island game where, where, you know, they called them the bomb diffusers, which is a term that really annoys me. But fair enough, you know, they did the job. They came on and they spoiled things. So, it was there. It was a bit, um, yeah, a little, a little bit concerned. But as I said, they they dug deep, and then you know, Ian Benetzbeth putting on an absolute performance. And I've seen lots of different pundits and shows and whatnot talking about well, he might be one of the best forwards to play, and and maybe even potential nomination for Player of the Year. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. What I noticed in our game, this you could see the tension of, of to detail of the Springboks, like even. He deliberately, you could see, he tried to push it back, like to think on that spot, to you know, because usually the hand comes out, it goes forward, to, to take that that tap, that scrum off the off a off a, uh, a mark. I mean, 
He's, there's this yeah. Colby's uh, charged on all of these. You could see the Springboks are so hyper hyper focused on the small. De you could see rush. You could see that it's almost like they, they are trained for that. They're making the small small margins count for themselves, and then the whole one team one dream of getting back to it, getting back. And also, and I must say, going for that try, I think it was 67 minutes, right? Six minutes behind. You got Pollard on the field. That was a penalty. We go back for some more, yeah. right? The fact that we went with that Saviko went for that try was also so it's Saviko so just being completely in you know they're not they're just keeping everyone on their toes all the time and I think that's great tactics and that's that's probably what besides the this whole goal that these guys want to win this World Cup together at the moment for me the books are winning the small margins and I'm gonna run out of the ref because obviously the French he's upset Barnsley had a good one I think there was some moaning in the Wales game but. You know, we we have it on. We've had it on our side, and we've bitched about it as well. But yeah, it's not it's not it's not fun when you on if you do genuinely feel hard done by 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 refs. Which obviously, the friends do certainly feel they were. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I can understand. Um, yeah, it's, these are the margins, right? I mean, it comes down to these margins, and this is why I feel good about the spring box. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think you know very, very quickly on the refs, and as you know, as I know, I know we don't we don't like to talk about it because there's there's so much to talk about and stuff. But I think if 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 the game's going to come down to such a tight margin as it did, you know, the one point, and even in the New Zealand Island game, I'm sure they were they were you know the, either side. Well, the Irish will feel aggrieved on some calls, but when it's such a tight margin like that, the losing side no matter if the ref was objectively 100%, which they won't be because they're people and they're going to make mistakes too, but the losing side will be aggrieved by some calls um, because of how close it was and how passionate the fans are and how difficult it is for that home crowd um, to to view it objectively and to say, yep, no, that was a, a fair call. So the, I think I think Ben O'Keefe, you know, and again, it'll you know, any anyone watching me will say, oh, of course you're going to say that because you're a South African fan, but I did think Ben O'Keefe generally had a good game across the park. Likewise, with... With the mm. Irish game, that we, the, the pool game that we played, again, it was such a tight game in the margins and we were moaning mm -hmm. there, but because it was so close. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, mm -hmm. Rusty sort of spoke about his tweet from, a, was it last year or a couple of years ago? I, I don't know when it was, but where he was saying we need to make it clearer for the refs. Um, and, but again, and those were small margins again, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and he was, he was yeah. saying what he meant by that was we don't want to rely on the 50-50 decisions because... That's what they are, 50-50. We, we, want, we want to make it so the decision is almost 90-10, where 90% of the time we're showing we're doing the right thing. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think, you know, that's 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 a brilliant mindset. And so those that's where we want to be working. And that's where I think yeah. the, the spring are operating, where they're trying to make things as clear yeah. as possible. Um, <laughs> and, and so things do fall, not in their favor, but because they're making the right calls. Yeah, no, absolutely um sure we can well let's go let's preview i did get the team sheets we can look into the the semi-finals let me get get it up here let's add uh and get our face back in here yeah. oops yeah so this is obviously the rgs and the new zealand sides i'm sure obviously everyone both here everyone's seen it but i put it up anyway but i suppose not real real surprises yeah and, and now i think i also made a, a question to pam about the injuries because i saw also on, on x this today not many serious injuries in all the squad, the, all, these, all these squads. Like there's one or two, but I mean, you're considering and how physical these games have been that some of these teams have played. It's quite incredible that uh, these teams have come through. I mean, obviously, still think Matera's going to be a big loss. Uh, 
for them. I think he was he was pivotal in that that win. I think it was a win and a draw they had recently over New Zealand. I think in New Zealand, right? And he was yeah. their mainstay, their key kingpin. He was at the Crusaders, so you just I think there's a lot of comfort and experience that would have helped them. But so then obviously Tele is back, which I'm look he was the form wing of the world, right? But I I love Leicester. I've always loved him for for the Crusaders. I thought that is a hard damper, but that, I think Tetelio was always going to be the starter anyway. So, and see, this is not even on the bench, Oak. But yeah, what do you any any comments on the teams and how how do you see it going? Yeah, no, I mean, I think in terms of team selection, um, it's 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 knockout time. So so you're not going to put any yeah. you know huge changes or, or mix-ups. You know, bar bar there being a massive injury. So so as you said, I think it's quite. A testament, I think, to the players. I think a testament to the the sort of physio and, and medical team and recovery team. You know, to get their players, you know, able to play such a, a physical, tough game, the full 80 minutes. Right? It wasn't like they could just park the bus at 60, 70, and kind of you know sort of just defend. They had to play all the way up until, I mean, not even not even the 80th minute in the All Blacks, um, you know, case. It was up until the 80 something minute uh, where they had to had to keep keep going. Um, but but no, I think I'm excited to see Talia. I couldn't you know couldn't believe not couldn't believe you, you know what a good player he is. But when when he sort of came in those first couple of games, he just couldn't be tackled. He just wouldn't go down. It was very like Cheslin Colby-ish in a way. He yeah. just kind of handled, got around defenders, stayed on his feet, and kept making meters. So I'm always excited to see back him. But I think it's going to be you know as I said that word should. I don't like to use it, but I do think the All Blacks are going to take this one. It, it should be. A, a, not a comfortable win for them, but I do see if, if it doesn't go down to the wire where you know Argentina potentially win it that way, I kind of do see the All Blacks running away with it and looking in very good form. Yeah, I, I agree. This is World Cup time, and this is the thing the, the box and New Zealand showed their World Cup pedig pedigree at the end of the day, right? This is not a test, random test that means not, not that means nothing, but you know, the champion, rugby championship might have been decided already, or RG don't have a chance. This is World Cup semi final time, and New Zealand, I believe all the teams will come on switched switched on, but I just think if, if that's the case, all things considered, New Zealand is a fifteen point better side. But the thing is, like, why? Well, people say that New Zealand were flying under the radar, right? But you know, were they? They almost hammered Italy by a hundred points. Okay, they got hammered by the books. Um, I don't know, and 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 like I said last week. For me, very very keen at point showed out again. Jordan Jordy Barrett at twelve playing well. Shannon Frizzell. Well, the whole back row played amazing, but Shannon Frizzell and Jordi Barrett are so key to this team. Like normally, you wouldn't say it's down to a couple of players for New Zealand, right? Because Oaks up to three guys down, pulling and slotting for Oaks, no problem. But they, New Zealand, are a player or two short of being a cohesive team that they showed, like because they've it's shown. But but to get themselves so up, you know, we hadn't seen it for eighteen months. So it's just incredible. I don't know. Yeah, that that was that's the New Zealand of old, right? That was New Zealand that we expect and the New Zealand of old we expect every week. And if that is the case, the books are going to have a very hard time as well. Let's face it. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, I think that you know that New Zealand side that showed up to Twickenham and got hammered by the box is an anomalous result. I I, I think mm. personally, I think the box played very good rugby. I think they played really well in that game. Don't get me wrong. Take nothing away from mm -hmm. the Springbok dominance of that performance however i think if we objectively look at it i i think that that new zealand side i don't know i don't know who that was but it, it wasn't the all blacks now the scorecard and, yeah. and the history books and record will say it is and it is i get it 
but but I think yeah, you you can't look at that and go, well, there we go. We'll just we'll do that again. Whatever whatever happens, we'll just do that again. Like it's it's yeah. not going to work out that way. Um, but you are right, Chris. I think it is interesting to see. You know, there are a few players. You know, if you think about like an Adi Severe, if an Adi Severe goes down or off mm. early, and the Shannon Frizzells, um, the Jordy Barrett, you know, the Richie Moanga, like it, it, there are a few key players in that side where potentially if things don't go their way or they're having a bad day or if they go down early injured or a head injury, which we hope, you know, you don't want that. And we keep saying this, you want to see the best playing the best. I do think this New Zealand side starts to look a bit different and, and the RGs might be in with more of a shout. Yeah. Well, yes, so we said it's going to be greasy. I suppose that does play into the RG's hands because I obviously watch in a whole lot of rugby. When the RG's have competed with Australia, for instance, and I've done this very well because I had a lot of money on draw, two draws back in 2020, and they both arrived in Australia and the downpours in the second half. I think, yeah, to slow, they get it, it will slow, yeah, it slows the New Zealand this down. Like, of course it does. So that brings Argentina into the game. So, yeah, dry pitch, I, I, I would say over 20, they run away with it with All Blacks. But I think if it's going to be greasy, they could start rattling, rattling the All Blacks. But I just think the All Blacks are... Sh- all backs can't use Argentina in the World Cup semi-final, surely. I mean, I mean, no disrespect for Argentina. Great team, great spirit. But I mean, I, I, I yeah, I will give. I'll pack it all up. And so I said we've been we've been we've moaned at for for boring opinions. Okay, I call Argentina. Argentina are gonna win. <laughs> no, what's your prediction? What's your prediction, Wes? No, it's 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 yeah. No, I mean, I think as you said, dry pitch. I think that the All Blacks are too good, and and I agree with you. I don't think they've been flying under the radar. I think they they had a tough ask against a very good French side in that opening game again at home. I mean, the French would have been just completely fired up for that. So it was a it was always a, a tough mountain to climb. And then ever since that, I think the All Blacks have just done what they needed to do, and they've done it well. You know, they've come out, they've they've beat Namibia significantly, they've beat Uruguay significantly. You know, a side that that gave gave the French, you know, quite a lot of stick. And then they came on and put 96 points against Italy. Um, you know, so I, I think mm-hmm. I think they weren't flying under the radar. I just think whoever's radar was being used was broken. <laughs> I think the All Blacks were, you know, very, very good. <laughs> good. And, and, and then, yeah, to come out against Ireland and, and then find a way to win. So, so but, but cutting to the chase, you know, I, I do think the All Blacks are going to take it. Um, you know, we're seeing here, we got some predictions in the comments. Thanks, guys. And um, we got Brent W. and Safra Kiwi giving us some predictions. You know, uh, Brent W. saying New Zealand by 15 to 20, regardless of conditions. Safra Kiwi saying New Zealand by 13. Yeah, I, I think I think New Zealand, I'm, I'm almost with Brent W. a bit more. I think regardless of conditions, I think the All Blacks are going to take it by about 20 to maybe 30 points. Um, I just think too much for, for, for the RGs. Again, not, not disrespecting them. They are a quality side. Yeah. We were looking forward to what up you know coming into the world cup and everyone was a bit disappointed i know i was extremely disappointed with their performance against england but um yeah i, I just think all blacks too good so yeah. all blacks yeah yeah this is this is i wouldn't say it's the strongest argentina side in the world that we've seen and let's be fair england and i just have come from a completely different side of the draw you know in terms of of the competition they play I also agree with Safriki. Um, yeah, Sanchez, big player. Um, you would think he should be on the field most of the, of the game, like a game like that. So I, I totally, totally agree with it. But oh, how good was Moanga as well on the weekend? All the New Zealanders stepped up. But Moanga, when Mwanga, I think when Moanga's at the top of his form, he is the best in the world. But he he's, hasn't been consistent enough recently. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I know you're making Reza very happy by saying that, Chris. Um, <laughs> well, I'm st it's still Intermac for me, but Intermac's not there leading his team into semi final, you know. So, but I, but I, we have to say, when I was calling France to go all the way in this competition, it was two things didn't happen on, on besides the box being amazing. Intermac needed to be there because I think Intermac was someone that could have broken that game up in the last 10. One of the few players in the world that could have made magic from nothing. And I'll be honest, I did think they were going to get a penalty to win that game. I had that in my head. Though. So two things, those two things didn't happen for us. Or we were... Oh, and going back to this whole book, let's actually go... Yeah, I also agree. New Zealand, between 10 and 20, depending on the conditions, they go, they pull away. We can move on to our game. Um, we're going to we'll go better afterwards, but yeah, what a grudge match, my man! England, South Africa meet again in a World Cup massive match, and where do we even start? Because yeah, you know, for for six years since 2018, we haven't changed, we haven't named the same starting lineup, so we've been so used to change starting lineups. Everyone was expecting at least four changes. A massive physical game, like as we said, emotionally. I mean, I, these Springboks are something else because, like you said, these guys are going to go again against this England side. And like I said, how hard it is to pick them up. Where do we? Yeah, how are you feeling? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, as, as yeah, it's a horrible place to be because if we had lost to France, um. As you said, it would have been gutting. I would have been so disappointed. Um, but it would have been like, okay, I, I can take that loss on the chin. It's a fantastic French side. They're at home. And, and then I wish them all the best and probably would have been rooting for them. I cannot, I, I cannot handle if we lose to England. It, it just, it will not, it will not, it, 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 I cannot. <laughs> I'm struggling to find the words. Uh, it, it would be just unthinkable and not because not because we shouldn't, but just because it's England, you know, and it's the whole ABE mindset and, and anyone but England. Um, you know, I still think the the absolute pinnacle of odd advertising was that Six Nations campaign ad. I don't know if you if you saw that a couple of years ago where where they kind of went round to different pubs, you know, and sort of shot people in different jerseys. You know, they had the they had the Welsh and sort of cheering and saying England, like and raising their drink. And then the Scottish doing the same and the Irish and the Italians. And then you were confused because you were like, why are these people, why are these people cheering for England? And then afterwards it fades to black and the text comes up on the screen and it says, we asked these people, who do they want to lose? And it was just like that, you know, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. And that's it. You just one but England, regardless of who's playing. So, so it, it's it's going to be it's going to be the grudge match of grudge matches. They've got a big, huge chip on their shoulder. I mean, I've I've seen you know so much social media about the faces of the English side when the box were lifting the trophy in 2019. So, you know, I heard John Smith earlier this week saying, you know, it's an easy week as the captain, especially for a Springbok captain, because you don't need to do much to fire up the players to to play against the box. But my goodness, it must be an even easier week as the English captain because you need to do next to nothing to fire up your oaks to play against the Springboks. Yeah, yeah. But like, this, and I've always, I mean, said this, Eddie, I mean, this England side had many good moments under Eddie Jones, and there's a lot of guys from the, the final in, in this team as well. You know, you look at this England team on paper, they should not be 
performing the way they have been. Let's face it, the last last year under Jones and even the start of of Borthwick. So I still look at this team and I'm happy that they haven't showed much because it looks like a we're just bullying, kind of bullying them because I don't know if it's the grants and the commitment that I was worried had been seemingly lacking from them. But one to twenty-three, they've got good players. They all they're very good players in their own right. They you know they stand up players in the in the English Prem. But like it goes back to what this game is, what this game means to half those English players and grudge matches and yeah, the, yeah. The I, England are going to step up. I I I don't know. I still see it going to be kind of maybe even like Twickenham last year. I don't think Eng- I don't know if England are going to run with us for 80 minutes. They will throw it all out and they might empty the tank, kind of like the World Cup final might fade. But that's easy to say done, right? Because these guys will be playing with everything. So, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And, and I think it comes down to, as you said, that 80 minutes is that's how long the game is. And as we've seen in some of the quarterfinals, 82, 84 minutes. Um, but we just check here, Brent W in the chat saying the box have managed the workload brilliantly, but there is always an element of risk. And I, I do think, you know, we saw some of the stats about, yeah, about, about players, you know, how long they've been on the field for. And we saw the Irish players and how the, the lack of rotation there just maybe fatigued them a bit and potentially not able to come out and uh, as fresh as they would have liked against, against, uh, against New Zealand. Speaking of New Zealand, you know, uh, W8701 then goes and says that the box lose to England. I'm buying All Blacks merch immediately. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't uh, think, I think we'll see the bump in, in All Blacks, you know, purchasing if, yeah. if the England do make the, um, you know, I, so Safrakimi saying it's going to be closer than people think. And, and I, I'm probably there as well. I think, I think Safrakimi or someone mentioned in the comments earlier, um, about it's going to be very similar, I think, to the South Africa Wales, uh, semi-final of 2019, where it was a slog fest and it wasn't pretty and it was a penalty that got us over, um, and especially with the conditions. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the um, on the um, England thing. I would probably have preferred to have lost that final last year than this book team to go and lose now to this England team. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. I will, I will probably yeah. die if I we lose to Farrell on Saturday. On, I, I think a piece of me will die forever, and I won't be able to recover, and that's for sure. But I won't. I mean, look, if they get through, they get through. They 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 got their two games away again from lifting the, the title. No one gave them a chance. But I just still think that the books. This is a better book team. If you like, let's be honest, right? If you what, how many of these England players would make this book team at the moment? Four, maybe max. You got to look at it like that, and you know, and, and you remember the days when teams didn't change, right? I know, I agree. We talked about burnout. It's not about the physical burnout, but we've seen so many drop-offs from big games. New Zealand beat us at Ellis Park, lost to Argentina. England beat New Zealand in the semi-final, got hammered by us. It happens, guys. We're not saying we're not trying to say this book won't. We can't say it won't happen. We won't be as intense as we will as we were. That's reality. It's almost like almost impossible. That game's almost a freak of nature. So just, and 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 that's what people are saying. Oh, England could be coming in a bit more fresher in a way. Um, but I, like I've always said, I know it's a cop out, and maybe Red's going to be pissed off. And I acknowledge in your we see your comments there, Red. But um, I don't. I just trust. I've always said, I just trust Rod Rassi and and Jacques are doing. Like this is not. It's surprising, but it's not surprising. They're keeping us on us toe. I had a friend who had a comment that um, he felt. And I, I agree because we still got two massive matches to get through to win the World Cup, right? It's still a long way to go. And the books 
I always worried that the books, like I said, I think I've said a few shows, to go almost six big games in a row is very, very difficult. And that's all we have to do. We didn't beat Ireland, only a point against France. And we've got a two. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not, I know it's great, but it can happen. It can happen that we're going to be a little bit flat on Saturday and we're going to struggle. It can, you know, that's and, reality. Yeah, precisely. And, and as CJ Bruce says in the comments as well, like, um, you know, it's going to depend on what the box have left in the tank after the game, uh, after the France game physically. And that's and what we were saying, right? And mentally as well. And absolutely, I think it's just this, but this is what tournaments are about. Like, it, it, it's absolutely this. It's the ability to stick in it and stick through it and fight through it. And again, it's, it's you know, it's, it's two sides um, who have had the toughest draw, probably. You know, you look at that, that the, the New Zealand side having to, go through France, they lost to France and then come through Ireland. Um, and the South African side, you know, losing to Ireland and having to go through France um, and, and then face, you know, the two sides who potentially have had a slightly easier. Now, we're not, we're not blaming the draw at, at any, any bit like that. That's what it is. That's, that's how it goes. But it is a massive task for these guys uh, to go in physically, mentally, to come through it. You know, Ireland were potentially, I think they were, said to have had the, the toughest draw, not only the, you know, the teams they had to play, but then also the sequence of games, right? So thankfully, the box had that week off, right? After the Tonga game, they had some time off to prepare against France. I mean, can you imagine not having had that week um, and, and having to have gone yeah. from the back of Scotland or an island or even the Tonga, you know, uh, and mm. go and play a French side yeah. like that? So, no, yeah. it's, it's going to be a huge boys, but um, well, you well, have to... And that's what yeah, yeah, and what what Ireland had to achieve, you know, they were at seventeen wins in a row. Box had that record. Irish team played all the way through. They hardly made any changes. I think they made a few changes in one or two of the warm up games. But that seventeen eighteen game mark seems to be the threshold that a team can just grunt out until they have to lose. So law of averages. They would have won seven, 18 in a row, go on ninth, won 20 in a row to win the World Cup. If you actually think about it, that is very, very tough. And in the last 10 minutes, some of those Oaks were out on their feet. They were. And, and New Zealand took them there, of course. But some, I think Rassi also made that comment. And that was potentially the risk. If they weren't seven or eight points ahead and the, you need to, could, could close it out that way. But, yeah, they almost were – they ran out of ideas at the end. And, obviously, New Zealand never went under 110%, which was always going to be the case. Yeah. yeah. No, and it, and it and it's a bit concern, – not, not concerning is the wrong word to use here, but if you think about it, right, so we, we've got this team that, that put in a massive shift against France, right, and, and emptied the tank for that game and, and needed to to get the win. You've got the same team now playing against England who are not an easy team to beat. And I, I, I don't care. And act, come at me in the comments, whatever. They are not an easy team. They are, I think they've got good rugby IQ. They, they'll, they'll grind out small victories. They'll put high balls up. They've got a very tall back yeah. three. Like they, they'll kick the post. They take the points when it's on offer. They're not an easy team to beat. So, so let's say the box, yeah. you know, we hope it happens. The box come out on top and they, and they win this weekend. What does your team look like in the final? How different does your team look like from the team starting on Saturday? And if it's not very different, those men have played two tough games before and you're asking them to play another tough 80, probably against the All Blacks. It is a huge yeah. task for the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I would, and this is not this is not because I'm a Farrell. Look, Farrell is great for me up until three years ago, and he should be playing there with Saracens on the weekend, for my humble opinion. But this is my opinion. I thought England were going okay. Farrell's come in. They scraped through against Samoa. Fiji, uh, you know, okay, he's playing a 10, and he should be a 10 if he's going to be in the team. I'm pointing out that I still don't think he's the right person at 10. And even, at, I mean, as I'm saying, forbid, the God forbid this guy freaking brings his smug face like he did against New Zealand and takes us out. But, you know, it'll be well done if he does. Um, but I saw, and I actually went back and looked at the final. I actually totally forgot that Ford was 10 and Farrell was 12 that World Cup final day. Um, but yeah, we are at Farrell 10. Do you, do you think it's, do you, are you, do you think it, at the moment that Farrell's the 10? He's the guy that's going to lead them now. That's all, but it was, ob- it was always obvious that he was the guy, right? That Borthwick was going to have lead in the side. So I suppose we're not, nothing that we say we're going to matter. Yeah. He's there and he's taken them. Yeah. Yeah. Even though no, I it's, think, it's even good. I think, uh, yeah, George's. Yeah, uh, and, and Brent W agreeing with me in the chat there saying, you know, it's going to be the toughest campaign for Springbok team ever. If they go all the way, it'll make it all the sweeter. And that that's it, right? Like, if you if you go on a hike and you see some nice sights, like, that's fantastic. But if you go and you do something physical and you climb a mountain and you get to the top, it's part of that joy has come from the suffering. Do you know what I mean? And so, so mm. the, the victory of the World Cup, if the box can do it and go all the way and lift the trophy, will come from the fact of the adversity they've had to go through. And that's yeah. often why we you know sort of people who have been through adversity, you know, they, they talk about that adversity making the victory all the sweeter. Um, mm. So no, I think it's, yeah. it's gonna be a huge and, yeah. and and like and like you said, um, if England come to the party, they play a very similar game to Wales, and we often struggle against Wales. And I think that's what I'm worried. If there's a little bit greasy and they bring that little that that type of, I think it's gonna be I said, to my, I said also, I caught like we, we, it's got, I think this game could easily be won by a kick and it could be another Pollard kick like against Wales. And it's going to be, it could be, a, it could be a Pollard kick, Chris, or it could be a George Ford drop goal or an own foul. I mean, <laughs> or Chairs and Colby and, drop and, goal. And, oh, yeah, and hopefully Fuff, hopefully Fuff, if you're listening, I know maybe, but hopefully Fuff finds targets to the oak and not into another player on the ground. Now, I know what he was going for. I know he was going for the, for the penalty. But I, I thought, mm. for me, that was my favorite Ben O'Keefe moment was actually a call that went against us because I loved to see the fact that he was saying, no, no, I'm not having any of your shit. You, you know, the player was on the ground there. Your player was over there. You could have easily made that pass. Don't come here and try and milk the three. So I, I, I stood up at that point and sort of <laughs> clapped for Ben O'Keefe. I was like, yeah, that's, that's excellent refereeing there because mm. uh, that's what I like to see. Play the yeah, game of yeah. rugby. Yeah. Don't play yeah. the penalty, um, yeah. and and that got so pissed off when players, you know, maybe potentially took a slight touch to the face or neck, throwing their hands up, rolling on the ground, grabbing their faces. I was not there for any of it, and so I was very glad to see Faf get pulled out on it. <laughs> and one last thing, because shame old Marcus boy got his pretty face smashed up on the weekend. What do you just before we get final predictions? Do you think Freddie Stewart? I mean, he is a slower player. Do you think he's it's a? Do you think he's done enough when he has played for England, or do you think they're going to miss Smith? It's so funny, isn't it? Because you know England now are kind of lamenting over the fact that they haven't got Marcus Smith, but 
not so long ago, he he wasn't even in the conversation to start at 15. You know, he was trying to 10, maybe at 15, maybe he comes on. So so it's, it's you know, the love-hate the English have with their players and their teams and the selections. And it's kind of like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, right? I think personally, yeah, I, I think England will miss Marcus Smith. I think he... He is, has got the pace. He's got the vision. You know, Freddie Stewart brings something else. He's big. He's physical. He gets up in the air. So expect a lot of up and unders from the English. If you know that they do, they'll, they'll send, you know, Smith after it. And, you know, back the boys, Colby, um, you know, Willemse and, uh, and obviously Aronset on the wings. Yeah. Um, but I do think if we can get our boys, ball in hand, running around Stewart, it's going to be, it's going to be a long day for, for the number 15, yeah. the English number 15. Yeah, and just one shot I like on the books. And I think, you know, we all held bent on this, you know, the bomber squad in the 6 2 and bringing that into the game and people following us. And then we went to the 7 1 and back to the 5 3. You know, the bomber squad, you know, you know, what it was used to describe, you know, basically like six huge oaks coming on and changing the game. And the teams you were playing couldn't, you know, couldn't live with it. But yeah, 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 we got five World Cup starters coming on, on as reserves. You know, like that's a bomb. That's a bomb in its own right. right? You yeah, know, no. they might. And I think, yeah, it's the way we we use reserves. It's been the Briassi's tra trailblaze, and you got to give him credit for that because it's a completely different ball game. It, like the whole dynamic changes when the whoever the benches seems to work uh, most of the time. And we talk about the mind games and people talk about Rassi and Jocks and everything. And there's a bit of love, hate, and some people just hate and some people just love. And, but you, again, it goes back to my point about the Iron. You don't have to like them. Um, I do. I do like Rassi and, and Jacques, but you don't have to like them, but you have to respect them because they've been disruptors in the space. They've, they've pioneered, yeah. in certain, pioneered in certain areas. They've taken risks, you know, bringing in the six to the bomb squad, this, that, the next. But now... You know, and I love the fact that they're not really referring it to as the bench or the bomb squad or the this or the that. It's more finishers, starters and finishers. And no yeah. set of players, no individuals are better than the next. You just have different roles, Did, you know. And yeah. so whether you come on 10 minutes to go, that's how long you finish the game for. If you come on with... You know, what did we see? We saw, you know, Sia Khaleesi getting our captain, you know, uh, getting getting subbed at 45 minutes. And, and someone else was a Dion Free who came on for him. He had to play 35 minutes and he had to finish the game for 35 minutes. So so I honestly think it's it's just been fantastic to see the shift away from this idea that if you're not in the starting 15, you are less than or you are not as good as. Um, that for me, at least in a Springbok jersey, has gone out the window because we yeah. can... We can just see how good, as you said, World Cup winners coming off the bench. You know, it's like what a well, what a yeah, well, the starters. You know, they they the, yeah. yeah they started the World Cup final. You know, oh, um, no. yeah. Also, did you? you I also don't know if you caught the There's so many like reds, right? There's a lot of comments. Rugby podcasts coming out every every orifice at the moment. Wherever you look on the internet, but they're interesting. But did you see the one with Matfield and um, Smith? And Matfield said he messaged Femulin when he was out of the island. Was it well, island game? I think. Yes. And he just yes. said, "Who cares? One team, one dream, one mission." And that said it all. Yep. That 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 yep. that said it all. You know, that's all you need yep. to know about the box. You know, so that's no, why you, it's a different. Enjoyed that that uh, that podcast or the, the box office, right? The box um, office, yeah, yeah. Sort of the box office with with uh, with those two going back and forth. And um, no, when when I heard that, I was like, "Yes, that's what it's about." And that's when I heard the boys talking this morning. One on team, Facebook, one mission. That's it. Yeah, exactly. About the team selection, you know, we were talking about, oh, well, maybe they'll feel hard done by, they're being left out. 
I think, you know, maybe personally, the, the guys might feel, oh, I wish I was playing. And if they didn't feel that way, I wouldn't want them in the squad, right? If, mm -hmm. if a player hadn't been selected and wasn't disappointed to some degree, I wouldn't want that individual in my 33 because it shows that you don't want to be there. However, given the, the mindset, the attitude of the fact of, yes, personally, I'm disappointed that I'm not playing. However, it is for the best of the team or whatever the case is. And therefore, I support the decision. As we said, yeah. one team for the vision. Um, I, yeah, I, I think the boys are, are fully into it. You know, the, the, the box understand that it is bigger than them. Their, their individual hopes and dreams. It is about the team and it is about the nation, right? The South African nation that these guys are going onto the field for. Yeah. All right. If you, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add. Otherwise, we're going to do predictions. But I'm going to say it's a New Zealand South Africa final. You got any other? Any other? Look, I'm I, nervous. I am just, very nervous. I, I'm, I'm. Part of me doesn't want to believe it, but a part of yeah. me has this gut-wrenching feeling that this England side's coming coming at us hard and it's this is the game where either we're going to be off the rails and sorry for mentioning a ref again, but maybe we get a dodgy ref. I'm not saying it's going to happen, you know, but we're going to go, we're going to dodge this bullet a few more times if we're going to get to hold that trophy again, you know. But I'm going to cut. The books are good enough. This team's good enough. To yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. no, 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 I'm with you. I'm, yep, I'm yep. absolutely tucking my pants, you know, uh, as I said, like I am, <laughs> I am so, because yes, I do think, I do think there is a chance that this English side beats us because of what they come out with, because of the high the box have come off and empty the tank against that France team. Can they come back? Can they reset, come back down? you know, take deep breaths and then build it all up again and come out and show the same, you know, sort of fire and passion. Um, so, no, I think, you know, while I think there's a chance that the English side might might come out and take it, I don't think it's a big chance. So I'm going to back the box. As I said, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm with you there. I think New Zealand and, and Springbok final, yeah. um, I, I, that's what I think and I, and I hope is going to happen. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. I think my last, my last comment is like, do you actually see England coming out with something a little bit different? Like maybe they would have done New Zealand or are they just going to come with their strength, gun-ho strength and 120% and hope they put enough pressure on the books, the books start making mistakes and they, they take advantage. Like I don't see something different from this team. They haven't shown anything different in two years. So I just think they're going to come super focused try and minimize mistakes, put the pressure on and hope that, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think man for man, they're a better side. So they're going to need a little bit of the luck as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to beat the box, I think you, you, you've got to obviously come physically, right. You've got to, you've got to match up and you, you've got to try your best. I don't think you beat them purely on that front because I think, you know, there, there's a reason that everyone comments on the physicality of the spring box. Yeah. I think mm. what England do need to do is what we did against France in terms of, as you said, the small wins, the charging down of the kick, you know, the, the, the smart plays where they can, they can actually, you know, even knocking the ball back. I think if England wants to stand a chance, they've got to put all those small wins together. And yeah. it's the small bit by bit by bit, you know, chipping away, winning this victory, winning that victory you know, going unnoticed, clearing well, exiting from your 22, good, having good touch finders, winning your lineouts. Like, I know it sounds like I'm just talking about rugby, but ultimately that is what England are going to have to do. And they're going to have to do it flipping well yeah. against the yeah. ball. So I think if yeah. they do that and they, and they bring the energy, 
then they stand a good chance. But I think if they, they start to get in their heads and they start to drop their heads and they start to, you know, not put those small phases together, I think we could see the box also run away with it. You know, we spoke about yeah, no, no, Argentina. I, I think if the box show up and England don't, it's going to be a tough day to beat Cal Usher, you know, in the forever sports group. <laughs> well, I must say my initial gut, and I love my, my gut generally is my, 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 my safe place. And I get it wrong because when I start to overthink is when I start to make mistakes in my predictions and the panting. But initially I said, this is just at the moment, the golf, the golf is just too big with the top four in the rest. Our Scotland, who were fifth in the world when we played them, England are up to fifth now, but I just think the golf is just too big. And at the end of the day, for me, cream does rise to the top. And you do actually often see blowouts in provincial games as well. You think semis are going to be close, but obviously I've watched and punted a lot on it. Not often. A lot, of, a lot of the time, the top teams of the tournament actually can blow out teams and knock out rugby. So I initially thought that, but something sneakily inside me says that, yeah, let's see how the game goes. We'll see. I think it's just get it in place. Only once the games go and you see the first phases go and you get a good idea of possibly where the game is going to go. All right, my man. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna, we can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was gonna. I was just gonna say final final comments before we before we yeah. wrap it up here from the guys in the chat here. You know, Brent W coming with a thought. He's saying, "Here's a thought: the box weren't at their best against France, um, which I agree with. I think there's areas we can tighten up." He says, "But could they gear up this Saturday? Think they might? Yeah. You know, maybe we see the box." you know, start to fire at that 85, 90%. Again, I wouldn't want to see them at their best this Saturday. I want to see that hopefully if they make it through to the final. Uh, Monty van Staden here saying, besides the actual game, we've been privileged to witness some of the greatest rugby brains at work. I'm most probably going to spell uh, the French coach name wrong, but he talks about <laughs> Farrell, Checker, and Inaba. Um, and then Mikhail Adams there saying, the box need to protect uh, the area on the wing when the opposition is on their five-meter line because most of the tries are scored in that area against the box. Mm -hmm. Guys, all absolutely fantastic, valid points. Yeah. We appreciate you guys getting involved in the chat. Um, I know Red wasn't too happy with us earlier, <laughs> not necessarily engaging well, with you a bit much. You know, we've got lots to chat about. We always enjoy reading your comments, um, so please do keep them coming through. Yeah. Uh, and yes. do try to get many of them as possible, we promise. Even earlier with, with Pam and what a privilege that was to have her on and how insightful that was. You know, we, we did field questions both from the Forever Sports guys as well as, you know, uh, sort of a lot of a lot of questions that have come up throughout uh, over time on, on the Forever Sports channel. Um, so, yeah, as, as always, we do try to get to as many of your questions as possible um, within the last yeah. of time, guys. But we thank you for joining us here on Forever Sports and uh, definitely make sure you, you join along on the watch-alongs. We'll be in the conversation with you, you know, giving Stevie P a hard time um, and trying to get his attention as he takes us through the, uh, the semifinals. Yeah, Wes, I've got to thank you, man, for reading out the comments because you've done a sterling job there. I have tried to put some up on the screen as well. So that's good to say. Yeah, it's true. This is the fan forum, of course, and this is about you guys, and we want you guys to get a much better obviously, on there together. Um, just quickly on the betting segment, because we're not, we're not a betting show, but just quickly, we've had our um, first losing week in seven weeks, Wes. Seven weeks wow. we were winning. And we came crashing down uh, last weekend. But look, I'm not I'm not upset about it because that run was quite a run. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'll take take some credit there. But yeah, uh, Wellington they couldn't freaking beat Hawks Bay. They had they were, they were unbeaten the whole tournament, and then they played Hawks Bay the last round, lost semi final, lost Hawks Bay back to back. 
who knows what where the Ranfurly Shield is or what what was happened on it, but it's somewhere. And then yeah, the second half of the New Zealand game, both our games, the, the first halves were <laughs> were monumental first half. So they yeah, the second half split so didn't happen. But the record we're still doing really nice, still twenty six units up, fifty six return on investment. If we were at twenty twenty percent at this point in this point of the tip in six months, I'd still be happy with that. So fifty six is great. And because on that note, it's a semi final. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, push out the boat a little bit this week. And I've got a, a bigger punt, much bigger than I usually do, because there's been some comments I've seen that want that keep saying I'm too conservative, and they want to see some higher odds there. So the, the the fans have spoken, and Chris has listened. So I've dug out a 5.20 unit treble for this weekend to keep us involved. And as you can see, my second half higher scoring has come back into the game. Now I need to say. The second half highest scoring were lower odds because obviously they give the the, the the probability of these things happening. And last weekend they, they evened out again, which they often do for big games. But it's gone back to where the second half is the favoured half for the scoring. So I've gone that for the two semi-finals because I think they'll be, you know, they often are tight tighter affairs. And I see I see regression of first half picks. That could be wrong because you never know. But I'm going to back I'm going to back this now till the end for this this weekend. Those two teams, second half high scoring, we'll put that. And then I'm, Saracens got absolutely monstered the other day against Exeter, which no one was expecting. Now they're at home to Bath, and I think typical Saracens. I love, I love when when um, top dogs are are in the spot. And Saracens is one of that team that they'll they'll come back and they'll come back and hammer hammer Bath. I would suspect you can get good odds there. So you have to put those three together to make the treble, 1.5 units. So that's going to be a juicy, juicy return. That'll bring our right return on investment right back up again if we uh we win that one. So if you follow, otherwise take take the second half of singles. If you don't fancy the high odds, take the second half of singles, maybe a unit or two. So that's that's a ways. I mean, we got we got URC. I mean, it's been a long, long hour show. We're nearly on two hours. So I really appreciate this. We've had a decent amount of guys watching throughout the whole the whole podcast. Do you want to do a mini preview on the on the URC? Maybe we can. I was thinking we can quickly discuss Stormers lines, then maybe let's do a prediction where we think the uh, the South African teams are going to finish um, in this year's URC. Just a, do a quick preview. Fancy that five ten minutes? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm um, Chris. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to default to you big time on this one because um, I've uh, I've had the privilege of of living sort of you know all over the world, um, and and as a result, some of the, some of those places has not been the easiest to to watch rugby. I didn't have <laughs> access to a Forever Sports back in the day, so. My, my watching of, of sort of local premiership, you know, kind of rugby, like your Curry Cups, your URCs has been, has been nowhere. So if I'm very yeah. honest, so I've not a Lions game or a Stormers game or a, you know, <laughs> in, I can't, I can't tell you years. So, so you're more than welcome to tell. I'm going to nod along with you very, very enthusiastically. Okay. I'm going to say, yeah, well, sounds good, Chris. Well, well, that's what I was saying. I, I, that's okay, Wes. Are you totally forgiven because you got your you superb in all other facets of rugby, and we love we love the inputs and the insights you give us. So, you, thanks for being honest and leaving me on the spot. Yeah. So let's go, uh, <laughs> yeah. Lions. Because Stevie's not here to defend his, his team. Well, right? so got well, like a well I'm disappointed. I want to I want to see Reason Steve's face right now, and I want to discuss yeah. Stormers versus Lions. But they ran away. Like the Lions, yeah, like they ran away, like they ran away from this the stadium and their team. A eh? convenient fair, oh, fair weather friends, fair weather fans. Uh, <laughs> oh, there he is! <laughs> oh, look at this! 
So the, the team the teams aren't out to test TV for Storm. No, so I was no. looking for them. Teams teams come out tomorrow. Um, yeah. So that is that is the chat. Uh, I think this, I think the lines being announced by ten o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know what mm -hmm. time the storm is actually being announced. Um, let's actually check on that. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was just Steve. It's, I know it's been a long show for everyone because I, I was thinking of bringing out maybe like who's come in and out of the team. So I suppose we could do that. It's gonna that's gonna take a while. So I think you know, let's just maybe. Yeah, so I'm actually well, I'm actually I'm actually gonna do a bit of a URC preview, um, which will be out tomorrow. So then okay. I'm gonna be going through, through some okay. of the ins and outs. Um, Great. The lines is pretty easy with regards to ins and outs. There's not been a lot of them, which is a good thing really in terms of there not been a lot of outs. Uh, makes makes a nice makes a yeah. nice difference as, as a Lions fan and stuff like that. Do you have however post one of our props? You have a place team kits off with this decent all yes. So well, well, play this weekend. Well you flip him he was my favorite youngster. Yeah. I hope I hope he goes well for you guys actually to be honest. I really I really like okay. him as a player. Yeah yeah so you're Caden Caden alone obviously so yeah yeah I'm I'm keen for them because I think I think you know you've got Johnny Lombard, Kay Volta and you've got uh, Jordan Hendrickson. So you've got three flower house all very young. Well Johnny a bit older than no, wait. wait did I thought Jordan was going to shocks. Did I miss nah, 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 nah. everyone everyone's basically assumed it because he signed a Rock Nation contract. But he's uh, actually okay. Okay, well then you back. Well then you back in the game because he's because he was grow. He could grow into the Lions legend. That guy. He's, 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 he yeah, was he was always good for you guys. Yes, he yeah. can kick a ball, eh? He can kick it. He can he can kick it. He can go the parking lot and he can kick it over the stadium into the parking lot on the other and, side. And that guy <laughs> loves tackling. Like yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm very excited. He's back. So I'm keen to see. I'm keen to see what he's about. Um, Hankov and Bake is back uh yeah he's a beast there weekends so mm -hmm. very keen to see how he goes you guys are obviously missing half your half your side really um Stephen Kitts has moved on but France for Herbert not there Dion Farina not there no maybe Brimson my Lebok not there no I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna be hard to I'm I have I've been hiding this from the group from our chat and I I, I think you guys I think you guys are gonna win on Saturday. Huh? No, no, yeah, it's at altitude. There's no form to speak of, for example. No, so I think this is you. This, if you're going to win, it'll be this. And I think, and I like you just, yeah, we were saying lion, the difference with the Lions and the is the derbies, right? You guys don't often would be <laughs> which win, win the derbies. So, uh, so where's that? Confused as to what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll, yeah, we'll, you know what I mean, right? Win, yeah, yeah. Winning, winning, winning the local derbies is where you guys and it, like, or you'll you'll beat like a lens or whatever in Edis Park, but then you got to put like the other teams away. It's just the consistency. Yeah, we, you know? we, yeah, we, start, we started off quite well last year. I actually, went on a very good tour. Um, got a couple of early wins. Um, I actually remember. I think it was last season where we actually. I think it was. I think it was you guys. We actually hammered at um, Ellis Park. We we put you guys mm. away quite quite easily, and then we kind of just sort of tailed off towards the end. So the issue with the Lions is that you know it's the kind of standard. Twenty three players are, are top class. We've got a really good starting fifteen and a decent bench. It's as the season goes by, and there's the injuries keeping. That, that obviously we just don't have the depth. But I'll tell you what, somebody to watch out for. Somebody even mentioned on Twitter the other day, you know, a a, a, a hard-hitting number six with a good skill set, decent over the ball, and good rock. Emmanuel Chituka, I think, is going to have a very big season 
coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he said, I, stepped I, up last season. He yeah. has he stepped up for his brother because Vincent mm-hmm. was amazing for you, but he has he has been stepping up there. Yeah, so my, my, my players to watch the lines are watch watch Emmanuel, watch Jordan, and watch Henker. I think those two are gonna I, be I, I, I'm a I have a soft I like I enjoy watching the lines, even like back in the day when you had John Mitchell and when you guys had that really good side. And then also the Lion I also love the Lion Stormers game. It's generally a lack of throw around. It's a fun game to watch. You know, I think you guys take it. Then we'll, we'll take uh, the Scarlets next week at the Donny Craven. So you can, we'll give you a little bit of a nudge head start. Okay, you, you push into the, into the, but just quickly, what, what are your predictions? I did this actually last two years, trying to predict, I think I got it wrong. I don't know what I, did I predict this? Well, I think I thought the bull, everyone's, bull's so always an overall end of season type prediction. Yes. Okay. Where, are, where do you think our boys are going to finish the season? All right, so I think, I think, so my big call is I reckon Bulls could be the top SA side. Oh, yeah, see, that's what I, I made that mistake two years in a row. Well, not a mistake. I think I think it goes one of two ways. I think they either have a very good season and I think they could be back in inverted commas or I think that there are structural problems there, which whether it's management or whether there's something wrong that needs to be addressed and needs to be almost a bit of an overhaul. Um, so I think it could go very well for them. I think it could go very badly for them. But they've just they've signed so well. You know, they they've brought in. I can find but a they've been, but they've been signing. But they've been signing for the last three years. And yeah, but Bulls, I thought that last Bulls, Bulls are the team that used to bring the youngsters through. They've changed their whole like kind of a philosophy in a way. Yeah, so and, I think and, yeah, because Jake White was very much talking about. He said you know he wants to bring the average age of the players up. But, but I think also if you look at the signings they made. I mean, at one stage, you remember when they were just signing absolutely like any like any loose forward going, and they had like this pile up of loose forwards, and they didn't have like I didn't they didn't have a tight end. You know, they lost Trevor and Yukon, and they just didn't really replace him. You know, they brought in um, Wilco Low, so you know they brought in Akifanemu yeah, yeah. at at Hooker. So your Hooker's now Akifanemu and 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 Jan Kobolar. Yeah, but those, those are good acquisitions. Those are yeah. good. Uh, in the back line, you know, I thought the centers were a bit lacking. Um, and they brought in well, they brought in Yaka van der Bolt. Uh, yeah, I agree. Really and I like Constant Hendricks, but, but Henry Immelman yeah, now. Okay. And it sounds like Kenan Moody, based on what he said in the World Cup, it sounds like he's gonna be running at 13 this season for the Bulls. So I think they, I think well, that's, well, that's a game yeah, yeah, you got a point, you got a point. Do but do you think Jake White though saw the right map? Yeah, well, that's the thing. The I think, I think. I think it's a big season for him because you can't argue. You can't argue the Jake White credentials, can you? He's 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 had the success, you know. But he is someone that doesn't. Yeah, but you could say that about Eddie Jones. But you could say that about Eddie Jones as well, right? Yeah. No, but it's <laughs> Jake White's an interesting. It's an interesting conundrum because yeah, often he does sometimes. Once I overstay as well, but sometimes the longer he goes, and sometimes things start to fall apart. They backed him long term. Um, what do you think about the Sharks? Do you think they're, that they're finding? Get really? there, there's, uh, well, I'm really intrigued by where is up to. Did you get something to eat? Are you all right? <laughs> no, sorry, my, yeah, my sugars were crashing actually, but uh, oh, no, the, the sorry, yeah, peace. Thank god, yeah, glad you're still with us. Then, great man, yeah. <laughs> because I because you turned, I actually for moments I was worried because you turned around and I th- I didn't know if like. Oh yeah, well, thank you. Thank God you're right, man. He was like, we turned around, almost like a nervous grin on his face, and then the feed cut. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, guy? yeah. We need to. We need yeah, to I, I, was ho- I, I was hoping the feed wasn't going to cut because I was really intrigued to see where that was going. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but do you think do you think it's a now or never season for Jake and the Bulls? If he doesn't win this time this season, yeah, I think patience run out. Yeah, I think if they don't, they don't. If they if they get to like a final, for example, then I think he can he might stay. On. I don't think he'll stay on long in the season anyway. I mean, I think he's been there for five years. Yeah, I know he's got this long term project, long contract. I don't see him staying around much longer. To be honest, I mean, what's what's he got ready to prove? You know, what's yeah. you know? I think I think yeah. I think if he wants another challenge, I think he'll move. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just sort of steps steps down altogether. Um, well, the only thing I, I would say about the Bulls is that they don't seem to really have much of a succession plan lined up. You know, you don't really sort of. Think, you know, nobody really immediately comes to mind unless they go overseas and they bring back like a Fakhan back or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And realistically, where do you see the Lions? They're going to crack the crack the knockouts this year, surely. We weren't far away last year, which was the annoying thing. We were about two wins away, and and there yeah. were there were games we really threw away, which we should have won. And so, it's, I mean, I feel like playoffs were achievable last year. It was the goal when I spoke to Ivan Fanoid at. Uh, at the URC launch last year, like um, him, good. yeah. So and and he, and he was very honest. He said that they wanted that playoff. They wanted that home playoff. Um, well, they wanted the home playoff to begin with. Because I think that what I like about him, I think he's quite realistic. You know, he spoke about the fact that they you know they really wanted the home playoff, which is a big call to try and get fourth. But I think mm -hmm. they understand that their chance of ever doing something in this competition hinges on them having that Ellis Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but in saying that, because let's face it, our top. Yeah. Our top three sides, right? Stormers, Bulls, and Sharks. It's gonna probably be up. Yeah, well, I can't. Well, do you know what it is? Do you know what this weekend for me is about? Yeah, it's Dianti time. Oh, I love Dianti. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger Dianti fanboy as you are, bro. Honestly, like, like, I love that. Like, I love that. Like, that is, is passed under the radar this weekend. That Pierre Dianti yeah, could yeah. make his return to that, this weekend after four years. Yeah. Yeah, but I th just going back to the Lions' chances of a top eight, because are Zebra going to win a game? Are we going to see some improvement from the Welsh sides? Because if those guys start getting getting better <laughs> yeah. and playing out, because, you know, going to have to, because those sides still got to get up to our physicality, right? That's what they're still missing. Well, the, Wales, the, Wales, start, the Welsh teams don't travel because, they, I mean, all they, they've all left. They've all had a walk-up, basically. Obviously, they had all those issues last season where they couldn't contract players, they couldn't offer mm. players contracts and stuff like that. And as a result, you go look at the exodus of Welsh players. They, I mean, they've all left basically. Your Will Rowlands, your Liam Williams. You know, they've yeah. all they've all packed up. Edwin Jones is retired. You know, um, Josh Levine is retired. Um, there's so many players who 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 have, who have left yeah. the Welsh region. I think they'll bounce back. So I think they've got a really nice. They've actually got some really nice young players. You know, you look like a Jack Morgan for me is a British Irish Lions captain. Um, mm. I think I think he's phenomenal. But I think that they're going to need a year or two to adjust. So I don't, I don't expect a lot from the Welsh regions. I don't expect much from Zebra. So that's already five teams. Yeah, well, it's 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 really. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's three Irish teams, three South African teams, and the two Scottish teams. That's been the top eight. Well, yeah, it's kind of an Edinburgh, Edinburgh there in a bar because I think they yeah, came yeah. up four. So yeah, it's it's kind of like that Benetton Lions, um, mm. Glasgow Warriors, who are probably my like my second team in the URC. It's kind of like them. Kind of Lions, like Lions beating the Stormers to start is a starting point, you know. And they, they said one or they one or two derby wins away from 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 making it. And where's where where the Stormers? The Stormers making the final again this year, my man. Are they winning it again? Second title. Yeah, why not? I think you know, <laughs> I think like. I think, uh, who, who who is who is this African team with? I don't think I've actually picked that up. Surely. 
I mean, yeah, it, so it was, it was, yeah, the lines for... What do you mean it was? There's no it was, it is. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, I was, I was very fickle, I think, uh, sort of towards the end of high school and, uh, and sort of then switched over to Stormer's side of things uh, yes. for no real other than focus. being a teenage boy. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and then it's... In the world. Yeah, it's kind of just beat in the wind, to be honest. So, yeah, I think at this point, you can flip a coin, really. No, but I think I think good old um, Monty Leboc, you know, I think he would have, he would have gained massive confidence and and whatnot coming out of this 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 tournament, obviously, and with with his time with the box. So, if he can get back into a Stormers jersey and 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 continue, you know, to take as the form, I'm, I'm really keen to yeah. actually get back into it a bit more. Uh, and start watching a bit more domestic rugby. So, so no, I'm, I'm, I can't say anything for now. So, take none of what I'm saying with any well, sort of weight. <laughs> I know you guys don't anyway, so that's fine. Um, well, oh, he's gone again. And he's gone. And he's gone. Just oh, no, and he's time. back again. And he's back. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, okay. guys. I'm actually interested to get your guys' comments. Galant. I love Galant. Mm. And I was convinced oh. he was a starting block mm. for, before very... I, I, I thought I thought he was the video replacement. The way he played, the play, I was like, Me you know, too. we got it. We, we're going to be fine. But he's going to move on. Yeah. This is our next playmaking fullback. He, did you oh. see his try assist in the warm-up game? Oh, he, that guy's magic, bro. He's, he's the most. Un, he's the most unlucky. He's the most unluckiest player. Oh, I I, I love watching that guy play. I just it's but, just not fair. It's not fair that he hasn't had a career, international career. But anyway, he's back in back at my team now and. Uh, Damien, yeah. Damien, Willemse back at 12 then. Oh, but when he but was in the Stormers, the Bok, with those two, uh, Zass, yeah. they, they, oh, when the Stormers are full strength and running, bro, oh, man. Eh? That's why we have people that come to watch, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's good, eh? It's good, eh? And we lift the trophy. Oh, it's, it's lovely weather, beautiful Beautiful girls, see, oh, what, what more can you dream of? Chris, are you moving oh, back Cape Town? <laughs> in the UK? Don't, yeah. yeah. I'll, be, I'll be back, I'll be back for two months over December. See if you guys just get down to Cape Town, let's go. My friend's got a box, yeah. we all go. Yeah, we good. Let's go, let's go, let's go yeah. check the calendar. There must, there must be a Lions uh, Stormers game in and around things. There's a lot of local derbies in that, in that period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, good luck, Lions. Don't cry if you lose again. It's all right. But yeah, it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a nice, nice warm up to the book game, eh? I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, there's two games: Lions game, into the Sharks game, into the into the Bok game. Oh, there we go. Sharks are playing again. Oh, uh, Munster. That's our cracker Munster, game Sharks as well. Munster and then Ball Scarlets on Sunday. That, that Sharks Munster game in the end of the UFC last season was a beat. It was a draw, I think. Eh? And then, yeah, I think that was the one that was wet, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and that's the one that Kulisi got injured. No, uh, could have been. Yeah, um, not sure. Yeah, I shouldn't have been, yeah. been, been a very weird day, but John, a lot of rugby, and obviously tomorrow night's going to be massive. What did, what did, what did, what did, what did we predict, eh? Argentina all the way? Yes, actually I did, because we were getting some bad miles that we too conservative and not bringing in the fans, so I said I'll shout Argentina just for a little controversy, even Come though I totally Argies. don't believe it. Come on, the Argies. <laughs> Yeah. No. Well, look. I hope they go Saint or Saint to West. I my initial gut is it's going to be blowout wins. I think the the golf was just is just too big. But the weather's going to be a neutralizer, yeah, and I don't want and I, and I don't want it to be blowout. So I hope that's. I do hope I just give New Zealand a game. 
Um, our game, I don't know. It could be 20 points. It could be us by three. It could be England by two. Yeah. Like Look, so. I don't know what the weather was like today. I think it was, I think it was supposed to be wet again today. Yesterday was absolutely pouring, um, and yeah. and so and, and cold as well. So very different this weekend to what we've had for the rest of the World Cup. Um, which ironically, for the first time, who would have thought is is not going to suit the box, you know, necessarily. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'm not. Yeah. I'm not happy that it's raining. I no, want to. I want. I want. I want same again. I want the book throwing. He's doing his yeah. magic to the guys outside. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want city bugger wets and Farrell kicking and kicking six points there. I want to. I want the box to come out there and put that faz boy away. But you know, Ignita, Yeah, if they come out like they did against the semi against New Zealand, we are in for a long day. If they can bring that, if they can bring it, I don't know if they can. But then we didn't say New Zealand were bringing possibly going to bring it, even though they had it in them. I just haven't seen anything to suggest that England can even go to that level. That's just why I'm feeling okay-ish that we will get through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, That's we, know, we know Reza's drinking on a, on a school night because he's saying uh, Argentina by five. He's also saying Lions. Oh, you see. Uh, uh, I, can I can guarantee you right now he's got a brand in hand. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> oh, if, if Chelsea like but uh, uh if, if the wife allows for the brandy right gentlemen speaking of that yeah. i am but going to hit monst monster sh monster show boys all done yeah. all done we've been going and for over two hours yes so thank you everybody's been sticking by us for a long for a long one but a very cool one yeah yeah all right boys big weekend ahead enjoy have fun we'll see you on the scene and around yeah cool thanks chess we'll see you guys soon like there's everyone bye